2: What's up, everybody, and welcome to our Star Wars holiday special episode of Let's Talk More Movies. Bang! Because it's <laughs> the holidays, but it's also Star Wars, baby. <laughs> I am your host, Mick Duty. Too. Oh, I like that. I don't
1: know we are doing that. So I thought of one. Oh, no, I got one. <laughs> oh, I <think. laughs>
2: and, solo. and celebrating Life Day with all the other Wookiees is to my left, Shan Solo. Yay! Yes. <laughs> yes. To his left, Darth Killen. Yes. Oh, yes! Nice. <laughs> And to write General Kiva Ordana, also known as Princess yeah. Kiva. Hey. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: It was either that or Kiva the Hot. I mean, <laughs> 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 two syllables, syllables ending with an A. It's either Leia or Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> Akbar, not Jabba. <Admiral>. No, <laughs> oh, oh, Ad- Admiral Kiva, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a... Um Yeah, just to address the Christmas intro as well, it just proves that. Ryan Scruff from Gargle is demented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's haunting for some reason, but it's supposed to be Christmas cheer.
0: <laughs> like I said the before the podcast, I think it suggests that a very dark human being. <laughs> it, seem, it seems like any jingle or theme he does for us has this underlying dread. You know I mean? That's supposed to be Christmas. This would be happy. It's supposed to be everybody enjoying themselves. That, in a way, is very very demented. You would
2: think. <laughs> I, every time I listen to it, I just have this image of Scruff just silence, like a really close up kind of camera moving on on his face just sitting at a computer <laughs> <laughs> and then he just then the end ho 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas fear than Christmas
1: cheer to be honest <laughs> that's brutal
4: well done though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, thanks it's great <laughs> thanks you.
0: Yeah. I thanks very much but at the same time you scare us Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter you're demented <laughs> here by the way I'm at the city it's Christmas do we have bags of cans
1: <laughs> this is just all racket that right? can get bags <laughs> of
0: Oh, yes. You've rumbled my fucking top, top organization. I all right,
4: so of. it being Christmas, you can have a choice. You uh-huh. can go for the drawer first or for what's down to my right here. I want to oh. have
0: a go-jart bag. <laughs> <am>. oh, <laughs> all
4: right, well, I think in fairness, Dan, you should go first. Okay. And you can look because you're z- you oh, be able to I tell yours. You
0: get to look inside that bag first. Preferential treatment? Ooh, is see. it like is it like fancy Marks and Spencer's cans like last week or what's going on?
4: Well, they weren't. I fancy. actually seen <laughs> yours, so they were beside them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I Second this
1: one is for me. Uh, it's a lovely little look of Z. Sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> <great>. oh, thank <laughs> you very much. That's uh, an expensive can. Yeah, I need it after work as well. So thank you. <laughs> the glucose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So basically, what you're saying is Mickey got the cans last week. These were the ones beside Mickey. So these are secondary cans. These are secondary cans. Right. i well no, the, the ones next were more expensive. I was <laughs> just say, no, <laughs>
1: would be the more expensive ones that you didn't go for. I'm the to ones I went for was be a big p-
0: fruitful bag. And can. the can I pulled is. Finlandia vodka Finland. This is right up my alley. Vodka lemon soda. I'm good to go. That's proper deer shit. I That's really hope you were
4: you're gonna pick that
2: I'm one I'm so out.
3: happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <for laughs>
2: After the disappointment of two cranberry-based I, cocktails last Cosmo week, and the just done <laughs> the last Louina. week. Oh, what that Archer snaps. Bellini. Oh, I got a Bellini. Oh.
0: And not the small pancake. I'm gonna crack mine open right now. I'm gonna have a sip I know for a fact This is gonna be delightful.
4: I love her. Really I'm really thinking. I'm gonna be surprised. I know what's <laughs> <left on> here and I've done here. Ooh, I got uh, green Alls original London dry gin, and pink grapefruit.
0: Oh, sounds an like absolute fucking treat.
4: It's a great British cocktail. Gin and the pink,
0: <laughs> exceptional. <et cetera. laughs> um, Did you like that you? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh yeah, Blaney. I've never had one before. The first time. I heard of one, it was my sister was saying she was going to make for like a party she was having her son and I was thinking, no, oh, the small pancakes you have with it, like caviar. Bellinis eight and a half.
4: <laughs> I think the only time I ever had caviar... That is the
0: most, it's wildly safe <laughs> <silly. We're> for 34 <laughs> weeks on this podcast and I think that's the most sophisticated form <laughs> joke I've ever had. I swear to fuck. <laughs> what do you guys thinking? The it. only
4: time I've ever had caviar was, Daniel, maybe you were there too in our primary school I was doing like, we were helping being waitresses at some... Function in the guild hall. I think they were just teaching us, like, this is your future. <laughs> and um, we, me and Claire Brady, I think it was Claire, just sat out the back and ate all the caviar and was really sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're never getting this again.
0: <laughs> and that showed, you Jesus ex- that showed you the excesses of the upper classes, and that's why you never wanted to go there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. taught you everything you need to know. It did. So, so did you get gout afterwards? I've never walked the same since. <laughs> Oh, here, by the way, I've got these all Christmas presents. I oh, thought, Brandon? right, because it's a Christmas podcast and Jeez, stuff. it's all go tonight. I, yeah. I didn't bring anything. I feel bad. Well, I, you know <laughs> what? Just, just Star Wars names. Let's, let's just kind of notch, notch down that expectation because I literally just thought about this and I, and I thought, you know what? I've kind of came unprepared, so it's Christmas and I have to give my friends some because we're doing this podcast. So, this Daniel. Is, so, this is
2: what's in your pockets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, your Christmas
0: present is? is that money you owe me? It's going later. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Kiva, your Christmas present is. A cigarette. A lighter! <laughs> yes! Oh,
3: Jesus!
1: These are all lighters he's taken from us over the weeks of doing the politics. <laughs> Ken, Nike, it works!
0: Your Christmas present is. Your security pass from work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like one fluff there. Oh, sweet! <laughs> <It's> like, <I'm, laughs> that's way better than a lighter. It's like three <laughs> lighters, yeah. <laughs> Were well,
2: you buying your lighters? It's pretty cheap. is it? Yeah. Five for a pound. How much point. Is, uh, He buys his oh, MS. Have...
1: I, you need to get them MS lighters. Hey!
0: Gee, you're on <laughs> fire tonight. not bad. I love that are on fire. I'm on fire. Oh, fire.
4: <laughs> there. there is a danger ball
2: Oh, shit, yeah, we, yeah, we, we the forgot a danger board. ball? Yeah. Where is the danger ball? You might play a uh, again? Ah, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> the time has passed. Is it your phone's
1: off. That's not bad. Sorry, The danger ball this week is. Oh, jeez. oh, ruby blue chili pepper. Oh. Bottle aged liqueur infused in Ireland as well, so it's I,
2: I love that it looks really fancy, but I can see the reduced label on the back <laughs>
1: of it <there>. That's, <laughs> how, you, that's how you qualified.
2: That's exactly, awesome. Exactly, yeah.
1: Well, it's even just above the five-pound limit. So yeah. there go. Who Happy gives days? a fuck?
0: It's 5.20. It looks exceptionally fancy. Look
3: what's inside.
2: Much? Actual oh, berries.
0: Oh, there actual chili berries it's with berries in there. Two, no, it's a chili pepper. Wow. Oh. Oh. Go oh, and read the so description, good. please. Thank you. That's
1: so good. Where it all begins, where fusion sparks, let the fire fiery chilies enliven the senses with warming spice and seductive sweetness. Oh. It's all true, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's break us up, my
2: hell. That was a hell of a read, by the way, Daniel. It yeah, was he actually. Given Dalma run for his money. Not oh. since the days of
0: Tom Billy. <laughs> that sort of reading. Cork. Crack that cork, you. Is this shot worthy or just we drink it out of the bottle? I've
4: never heard of it.
0: I have uh, a little bit first. Nah, I reckon this is shot right? worthy. I reckon we rule deep with this shit. Like but
4: there's there's two little chilies in there, so like right. someone's got to eat them at the end. That's oh, it, like. I'll
0: give out to Mickey <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mickey have to no. get a boss at eleven o'clock tomorrow morning, so let's uh, let's try and keep this casual, right? Right. So what's this? Okay. Uh... Jesus.
1: That is spicy. Oh Jesus! That is very is sp- spicy. Oh, really? Jesus
0: Christ Almighty! Holy oh. fuck! <laughs>
4: I think maybe uh, you might, suppo- you should mix it with something.
0: Jesus Christ! I've never
1: <laughs> had It's it only seventeen percent. You fucked me on that one. That is so spicy. All <laughs>
2: right, we're gonna we're gonna have to drink it though, it because these two don't. Milk
0: Good hell. I'm afraid. That's like drinking like a fucking drug addict's blood or something. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I really just emptied it and filled it up with Tabasco. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I I do <laughs> <laughs> <Daddy laughs> the plastic off. Hey,
3: you probably like put the cork and all back in it and wrap it up. again. <laughs>
2: the perfect crime. That is, that is. It's just like drinking a chili. It ah, just it tastes is, like chili. It like
3: <laughs>
1: burns so deep. It's not that bad, Daniel. No, all. It's not. Bad. I know, in fairness,
0: It, it went away for me about like two months. ago. I'm just trying to be dramatic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. It is nice. I put Tabasco. I
4: put like Tabasco bas- mm. on my eggs. So. Mm. Mm.
0: Cultural. Well, wha- whack out on your eggs. <laughs> 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 you know you have a problem. Keep whack out on your eggs. You won't make it work, ever. <laughs> Done.
2: So nice can, can we agree that two people have to eat chilies by the end of this? Yeah, we'll
0: do that at the very end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that at the very end. So we we'll have go to. Two persons. Th- out of the four is two holes are going to have to eat them chilies. We can't have them. It's not going to be me or Mickey, so, <laughs> you know, no. narrow it down.
4: Cut them in half with our teeth.
0: Michael, mm-hmm. taking your job, what have you watched this week? And I'd like the Ashy because we've built up this for a very, very, very long time. Um, watch Ghostbusters this week. <laughs>
2: <time. laughs> built my Lego ecto 01 watching oh, Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, I watch Star Wars yeah. seven, The first Yeah. Who doesn't? Me. I think half the world watched Star Wars <laughs> this
0: week. What I yeah. find very, very interesting, Michael, is that me and you went to see Star Wars The Force Awakens the other night, and it was about five minutes before the film kicked off. And I turned to you and I said, this is the first film that we've actually watched with each other in two years. Now, we do a film podcast, obviously. You're part of it now. First film we've watched with each other in two years. First time we've been to the cinema with each other in about three years, possibly. Is that correct?
2: The last time we went to cinema together was Gardens Galaxy. Which
0: so is about like, yeah, two years ago. Two, two, two and a half years ago? Something like that. Michael, it is actually the thing that makes you happy in life. <laughs> it is a thing that basically gives you a purpose for loving. So let's be fair, like you wouldn't be here bef- you know. besides Star yeah. Wars. What did you think of Star Wars? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was disappointed with this because me and Mickey got out of the <laughs> cinema that night. And I said to Mickey, first thing, because I just wanted to see The only reason I kind of went, I, I kind of wanted to see the film, not a big Star Wars film, but I kind of wanted to see it. Just to see Mickey's reaction. I want to see him cry
1: or like have a wank
0: or so mm-hmm. like I it to <laughs> you know I, mean? I wasn't quite sure the reaction I was going to get but then after t- I was more excited than you to see yeah. your reaction. I was all what did you think? What no, did you think? To be
1: honest the way that you went is because Jill didn't want to go.
0: Yeah well I well, of course as well Jill didn't want to <laughs> go so, no, so, so, she, so I got a free ticket. Like, she was <laughs>
1: tired
2: and me being the good husband to be that I am I said because she was all, I'm not going to let you go on your own and all this here, so I said no it's, it's grand I don't want to make you go when you're tired and then just she wouldn't have enjoyed it and then Honestly,
0: if she was fucked off watch the film, would have fucked me off. And I didn't want that. Yeah, you would been, <laughs> especially if you put it 10 years <laughs> that film, You do not want to have any sort of outside distraction. So, uh, no.
2: Why I was a bit reserved after the film is because I'd, I've been burned before with prequels. And a thing that people kind of forget about the prequels is everybody acted like they were good for about a year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think it was that massive lingering self. though Like, oh, they were good. Let's uh, not address the major problems. But, I mean, you could say, like, I mean, compare phantom Menace to the Force Awakens. The phantom Menace, was, phantom Menace was so obviously deeply flawed, and even people who came out of the cinema that day who'd seen it. And I remember I went to see it on opening day, what fucking nineteen ninety nine or something like that. And even as like a fucking ten year old, I kind of knew that was about shit,
3: and I, I didn't see. have the
0: kind of adult mind they kind of dissected. Whereas coming out of that film, they are like, even as like a non-Star Wars fan and like I kind of have a pass and interest in it. For me, from outside, I thought it was a very good, solid film. Obviously, I don't have the expectations of a fucking Star Wars superfan fan like yourself or all like the the fanboys, fangirls out there. But I was just kind of let down by yeah. the fact that you weren't exploding with excitement. <laughs> like essentially, Mickey, what it was for me is like you were my child, and it was Christmas Day, <laughs> and I wanted to see you come out of that cinema gushing with excitement. And it was a very reserved sort of. Oh well, no! It's 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 because
2: I I wanted to think about the film for a while, and well. What I noticed about when I was thinking about the film and like with the prequels, you would come out and be, like, "Oh, that, that was good," and I was here. And you would think about it, and you're, like, "Oh, that bit was about naf. That was about shit. That was about boring." Yeah. But then think about the Force Awakens. It just makes me realize how much I actually liked it thinking. Oh, that bit was class. That was class.
1: That was cool. It was really, really strong. I thought, and yeah. like you know, I, I, awesome. not a big fan of Star Wars, and I watched the. uh the you the hate Star Wars, do you? No, you, you, I, I you hate everything hate 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 it stands
2: top. for. Darth Killen. <laughs> yeah. You want to destroy Star Wars? Yeah, side,
0: Dan yeah. doesn't like things that people like because that's he exactly hates humanity essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: why so he's Darth, Darth yeah, it's just. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, uh, it, was, it was it was either Darth Kallen or Kylo Dan. <laughs> 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 yeah. Either either way, you're the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I watched the episode 46
1: just during the week, just so you know. I was going in there fresh, everything in my head, and to be honest, find them all a bit naff. Myself, I mean, like, there's yeah. obviously good bits, and, but I know I think they're very overrated, but I'd say that The Force Awakens is very, very strong. Mm. Like, really, I mean, it's a proper just four-star film across the board. Really, really good blockbuster. And uh, how long is it as well? Because it's sped by. 2.15. Two Hi, <laughs> really, really good. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, great pacing and yeah, great performance. I thought all the new actors were great in it. Every obviously.
2: Everybody in that film was amazing. Mm. Like, the the new actors and the, the older ones as well. I think Harrison Ford was... It was Han Solo, like, because mm-hmm. like, I heard it compared to, this is his fourth installment as Han Solo, now, mm-hmm. if you compare that to his fourth installment as in Diana Jones, it's well, day and night, like, you
0: know, what like. I, I find even more impressive is that a lot of people can say, oh, like, an actor's got a role, and once they're on that role, they can kind of just kind of slide in and slide out of that role, and it's kind of nothing to them, but if you think about it right, Harrison Ford hadn't done Han Solo in 32 years. Yeah. Now, when ha- when Harrison Ford first on Han Solo, he was a completely different person. He was a young actor. He was probably a lot hungrier. He knew that this was a star making role and he was probably giving it his all. So, him now, being Harrison Ford and being one of the biggest actors of all time, they slip back into this role that's made him so iconic. It's not as easy as what people think. You know what I mean? It's not as easy to get that sort of easy charisma that Han Solo has and what made that character so iconic. So for him, they slap on it, and like you said, just be Han Solo yeah. again. He was Han Solo. You I, know what I mean? And that alone was an achievement.
2: But he, even before the film came out, Harrison Ford was like doing a lot of interviews and stuff, and the, like he was doing some stuff, in like Jimmy Kimmel and all. And even the fact that he was kind of out there kind of really promoting the film properly. Because, like, Harrison Ford kind of has this persona of this grumpy old man. He's, kind of no,
0: he's notorious for despising interviews and yeah. not promoting shit like
3: I... But so. the,
2: the fact he he was out there doing that and really kind of... He seemed enthusiastic about the film. And he like he even did like, a wee skit on Jimmy Kimmel where, like, him and Chewbacca have an argument. Did you, did you see that? Nah, I didn't see it. It's like... <laughs> it's just Chewbacca's in the audience and then he sees him and he's like, What the hell are you doing here? She was my wife! <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't keep your furry pants on! <laughs> and Jimmy Kibble's all like, he's not wearing pants so, My point exactly. <laughs> but no, he's like, if, the fact that he's willing to do that kind of stuff, even just the build-up Star Wars, Like it's, it was good going on it, and just to see his performances had, soul, it was just,
0: it was amazing. My uh, major, the thing I took away most from The Fort Awakens, and I think it was done masterfully and i think that jj abrams and his whole crew deserve a fucking serious round of applause and i think that everybody's kind of noticing this is it is the perfect marriage of old and new mm. it is the perfect marriage because a lot of people in like pre-production were thinking obviously you're you're bringing back some of the most iconic characters of all time you're bringing back look skywalker han solo princess leia etc etc how are you going to merge these with new characters are the new characters going to get drowned out by just kind of the the appeal, the, the nostalgia factor of these new or the, the older characters, and that's not the case. They balance the nostalgia factor because when Hansel first shows up and it's that classic line with "Cheo, oh, you we're home." When yeah. they're back in the Millennium Falcon, I mean, like, I'm not even a Star Wars fan, but I need to ship myself when I seen that. Like, you know, what I mean, there I, was I, just I, this I, massive buzz
2: at that. But because when the, he start, kind of starts talking to him a bit more in that scene, I did start welling up of it.
3: Uh, <laughs> but
0: it's like it's it's how they they then kind of use that with the newer characters. Like, I mean, Daisy Ridley. Oscar Isaac and John Boyega's characters are handled perfectly. It's not like they're an afterthought. Because J.J. Abrams, like you said before, it was always supposed to be a sort of passing the torch. These characters, like Solo, are incredibly iconic, probably the most iconic characters ever. But they're there to not be like a narrative fucking standpoint. They're not there to be some sort of spectacle. They're there to aid the narrative. They're there to actually act as a way to fucking... Enhance the newer characters that are coming in.
3: Yeah, can, I mean.
4: can I ask what probably seems like a silly question? I haven't seen it. I don't really know too much about it. Can I ask, what what are the dyna- dynamics of the film? Is it a prequel no, is it's it's, start, it's
2: thirty years after Return of Jedi. Right?
4: Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's okay because I was like, how, how is that going to work if they're all like old?
2: No, like it's, it's it's thirty years after Return of Jedi came out, and it's thirty years after in the story. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So it cool. all lines up perfectly. The pickles have been buried.
1: Kiva. <laughs> <laughs> the pickles do not. No, exist. But that's
4: why I was kind of confused because you have been just spit firing, and I was yeah, just wanted yeah.
1: to catch up. I right, yeah. especially with chili drinks.
2: I know it's said af- it's episode seven, so it's after Return of the Jedi. So, but what I think they did really well as well is, uh, obviously, there's thirty years of stuff in between Return of the Jedi and this, and they don't over-explain. Yes, they they like it, even in the opening crawl, of the text at the beginning, they give you just enough information to get you into the film. They don't tell you everything, and it's like at the end of the film, there's still so many questions but they don't give a fuck. They have the answers for them, but they're going to tell you them as as it comes and when you need to know. They just give you enough information just so you get through the film, which a, I thought was brilliant.
0: A great quote that I hear from J.J. J. Abrams, and I think it just kind of sums up what you just said, is that when he was going to do The Force Awakens, he wanted to let be about feelings and not facts, and I really, really appreciate that, because there's a lot of times we are watching, I would say, like a blockbuster sci-fi, and they bog you down in all this Hollywood science science that means nothing and it's just there for the sake of being there and trying to legitimize the narrative what i really like is when they strip all that shit back and they strip away shit like the Metachlorians like yeah. happened in the prequels <laughs> this shit that doesn't matter nobody gives a shit about and it just kind of <laughs> makes the makes the storyline exhausting but it just actually focuses on the characters you take away all this mumbo jumbo and you actually focus on people and it doesn't matter if they're sitting in a desert in Tatooine or Jakku or if they're sitting in a fucking... Tatooine. Tatooine, sorry. Tatooine. Tatooine, sorry. Halloween, <laughs> Yeah, Tatooine. So it doesn't matter if... Tatooine. Tatooine, Tatooine. That's deets. Aye, that's dates, it's <laughs> just, ay, yeah, it's just small <laughs> sausages. Hey, <Ay, Yeah. laughs> hold on, say, like that. <laughs> But hey, it doesn't matter if they're Tatooine or fucking <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck it's called. Jakku. Jakku. Jakku, <laughs> Jakku or whatever. It's all about the characters. You know, I mean, it's it's about the focus... Like Skywalker, you know, all those guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Star <Jima>. fights. <laughs> 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 no, I'll say one thing I really like. The very first line of the film is that this should make things right. And it's just like a wee throwaway line that you're just being interested in conversation, but I do think it's done deliberately to sort of be like, yeah. And I think yeah. it did. <laughs> it really, it's sort of the sequel or the yeah. follow-up that Star Wars fans wanted because it is formulaic, but in a way that... I don't even think formally but in a way that it feels true to uh, what a Star Wars film should be, but there's enough in there, as you say, between old and new. And yeah, just to go back as well, yeah, I think Oscar is a c- class and everything, and his He's character, Poe, is the best. And John Boyega as well, from Attack the Block. Great. And uh, Ray as well. She, Daisy Ridley. She is fantastic, Like me and
2: Mick they're, they're all, because mm. like... I, You'd say, like, oh, John Bag is incredible, but Daisy Ridley is incredible. Everybody's yeah, incredible. I'd to choose
0: between the three. And I, I think that J.J. J. Abrams or that film in general it has been spoiled because usually, especially from a reboot, especially from a film, like, it's the biggest franchise that there is. Like, I mean, rebooting Star Wars or reinventing Star Wars was probably the biggest task candidate any fucking Sarah production crew, especially J.J. Abrams. And he has to get a massive slap in the back because he's done it with a plum. So not only has he introduced one great character in Daisy Ridley but he's got John Boyega as fun but he's got Poe Dameron as fucking Oscar Isaac he's introduced three new great characters and obviously that was his main aim those three main characters now take on the baton from the original three main characters and it would have been so so easy for those three characters they have fell flat in their face but through the writing through the direction through everything and through that marriage of old and new and through the amount of work and research that's been put on it those characters now are the future. There's kids rushing out I'm sure they shops. They buy Poe Dameron fucking dolls. They buy fucking fun dolls. They buy Ray dolls. And like, I okay, Han Solo and Princess Leia she like that are always going to be super popular. But they can now be left. Their story's been told. They can be left there now. Yeah. But there's been that lineage. There's been that link. And I think that's mate That is such an achievement. Like, especially when it's Star Wars which has the most fucking ridiculously divisive and ridiculously what's the word I'm looking for? Highest expectations. <laughs> High, I <don't>, the the <laughs> highest expectations of any fanbase that there is. Like I mean like you could do one thing right and seventy percent of the fan boost will love it, but thirty percent always hate it. You can never please everybody. But I think he's done a such a good job of actually pleasing the majority.
2: Yeah and also I think we we haven't mentioned two other people that well two other things that are really <laughs> important. Of uh Kyle Ren. Imagine I, Adam, Adam Driver Is amazing As Kylo Ren And Incredible. just a, a really complex New villain The kind of Del Vinde. And of course BB-8 The new droid Oh he's, he's the, unreal he's the You kid. just You fall in love with BB-8 As soon as you see him It's, it's like Because i seen a cartoon From like The New Yorker I think it was Where It was before the film Came out And it's this big crowd Around BB-8 And then you see uh, Jar Jar Banks sat at the bar at the other end, but all you know, they like him before the phone comes out, kind of thing. He's just sat on <laughs> his own having a drink.
0: <laughs> I read this theory the day that apparently.
2: Oh no! Don't
0: no! Don't even <laughs> sully <laughs> this
2: podcast with a fucking theory uh, no, that's true. I know, that's
0: oh, true. It's, it's absolute nonsense. But no,
1: I know, but I
2: think it's true. No, but even people. are
0: <laughs> Talking about it like no, I know. We're not, a, talking I mean. not talking about it. George banks has been undercover <laughs>
1: for the dark side for years. He is the Phantom Menace, and then it's because bullshit. of like the backlash, Misa, so No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the backlash is character George Lucas rewrote, which is a big reason why the prequels are shit. <laughs> Who else would be the Phantom Menace? Nobody else is like hidden from view,
0: except Judging. George Lucas. That right. is George Lucas's reputa- representation in the narrative. George R. Banks is George Lucas. George Lucas once they destroy Star Wars from the inside, believe that shit. Do you accept this?
2: So why JJ Abrams <laughs> was such a good choice? They they do they reboot Star Wars is if you, if you look at what he's done in the past, obviously he rebooted Star Trek, but even with Mission Impossible three as well, he he just has this knack of just kind of rejuvenating a franchise. Because after Mission Impossible two, nobody like nobody really liked that era, and like Mission Impossible kind of seemed like it was dying, and just Tom Cruise thought there was another one in there, and. JJ Abrams went back to what the original TV show was about and even what the first film was about like having the team dynamics and all that kind of stuff and
3: you well, want to say
1: Yeah in? I was just going to say about Super 8 as well which I know it's not a reboot but it's definitely this sort of homage to the, the old Spielbergian films you know mm. like stuff like E.T. and he does I know it's not as uh, maybe not as big as Star Wars but it does handle an ensemble cast very very well yeah. in that I mean you look at that; you could maybe then see that, yeah, this is the type of fellow who could definitely be trusted with something the size of Star Wars. Yeah, but you see, I mean,
2: he, look, sorry, see what he did with Star Trek as well. I mean, the biggest mm-hmm. challenge for Star Trek, I, I think, in the reboot is because they're rebooting the actual original characters. Is who do you get to play them? And I think the casting in the Star Trek reboot was bang on. Every every character's perfect, or every actor's perfect for each character. And I think going back to the whole marriage of the old and new as well, what he did with this new Star Wars is he talked what people liked about the or- original trilogy, but he's introducing it to a modern audience. And with and not even so much with the new actors and the old actors, but even in the actual story, there's the, there's a the marriage of the old new, that he takes elements from the original trilogy, but then he has these new new ones, they fold in on it. Because yeah. I, I heard a bit of a criticism that the The Force Awakens kind of parallels A New Hope. Yeah, maybe a bit too much. I heard a
0: lot of critics saying it's a bit derivative because it's almost like a mock-up. But I, I, I really wouldn't
2: agree with that. Yes, there's elements from New Hope, but there's there's elements from all three films. There's elements from Empire and
0: Jedi see, as I well. I get that as well because a lot of critics actually agreed that it was the main thing that I did see, and I think it was actually a kind of a nice balance uh, film criticism wise. Is that I think it might have been the Village Voice or something like that, but the critic for them said that. It panders so much to fan service and it panders so much to what Star Wars fans want. But when it comes to the end of the film, you don't give, give a fuck because it's just a really enjoyable, really good film. And it may not... And this, this is obviously this critic's opinion, but it may not continue on the series in the way that you want. But it's still a perfect lineage after the disappointment of the fucking prequels they were Star Wars as supposed to be again. And it's a great building block for the series they rejuvenate. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: And also just ultimately It felt like Star Wars Oh yeah and, that, mm. I, and that's the thing the prequels were missing It just it just didn't really feel like Star Wars And just sitting in that in the cinema And just watching it, it You just got that kind of Star Wars buzz over
0: you I, I think there's a thing with the original Star Wars films Compared to the prequels And in enough George Lucas obviously Was the, the major creative colossus throughout that And it's kind of weird that it went that way Because you think that he would do better than anybody Well he's, it was just two but,
2: seconds with just quickly with the prequels it was all George yeah with the original trilogy he didn't write e- Empire or 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 yeah. Jedi Aye, Lawrence Kasdan wrote Empire Strikes Back yeah. and stuff and uh, they didn't he didn't direct them either
0: what I've always found well, what I find really good about this is that J.J. J. Abrams apparently one of the first decisions that he made before he went the shoot Forge Awakens even before they started casting or well, they obviously had the script kind of half nailed down is that he said I want to shoot this some 35 millimeter. I want this to resemble the original trilogy as much as possible. I want it to have that same filmic feel. That same kind of Lovedon 70s sort of aesthetic that the originals had. And that works so well. Because let's be honest with you. Any CGA blockbuster. Be it Transformers. Be it fucking even the Lone Ranger. Anything we see now. We're that desensitised to CGA. That we just accept it. But there's this massive thing about actually seeing practical effects. And fair enough. It is a lot of practical effects in the Force Awakens and it is touched up with CJ and it's touched yeah. up with a lot of good graphics. But again, that is the marriage of new and old. Yeah. It's the perfect marriage because practical effects will take you so far and they look more realistic uh, more realistic and you kinda buy them more. But then if you can kinda just nuance them with those practical or those uh sorry, CJ effects, yeah. Then give them given that added depth, then it's it's so good. I mean they have well, done that, that so well. That
2: was that was a big thing that they were really promoting a about when they were shooting it and anything they went to like comic-con or uh d23 and stuff they always showed the whole that they were doing practical effects even they had like a charity thing what was it called uh i can't even mind it was something to do with the force <laughs> but uh but uh, they they did some charity videos where people could go donate and all but in the background it would be jj abrams talking to the camera but in the background you would see like a wee alien like walking in the background, just to show yeah. that they're doing practical effects and stuff and that was the thing they really were pushing for, just to kind of get fans on side, because that was a major complaint to the prequels, that it was too much CGI.
1: Yeah, they talk as well just about, like, you know, sequences of the film and the way they're done. I'll say, you know, stuff like the star fights, the lightsaber battles, i have not done here, the, uh, the use of blasters and everything. Obviously, they're a lot more, well, say gritty, or maybe even a bit more well done than, obviously, the originals that were done 30 years ago, but I think they felt great, if you know what I mean. Like, I thought, especially the sequences... Uh, in the uh, Millennium Falcon. Are yeah. Fantastic. At the very start as well, on that I think that sequence is amazing. I think it's my favourite sequence in the whole film, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's really, really well handled. They've sort of got like that sort of uh, enough grittiness there that y- there's suspense being built, if you know yeah. what I mean. There is realistic. But then as well, I mean, we still want to get in the younger audience, and it's not graphic. I, f-
0: I think it's a thing that we've said a lot of times about practical effects and how you do them, is that practical effects, just even to the actual untrained they just seem more real they just seem like you're actually watching something actually happen like i was saying before even though we're desensitized to CJ or any fucking wealth of special effects even though you're watching it you're always aware that it an effect whereas watching a practical effect for me anyway it always seems more impressive so i think like dan was saying maybe drawn on a younger audience is that you've got this practical effect which draws you in and is very impressive and then obviously kids may be desensitized to the modern visuals that we have but just going on the song that we haven't even talked about, Kylo Ren. I mean, like, Kylo Ren is a fucking incredible character. Maybe He's that. an incredible character in the fact that, first of all, right, Darth Vader is more than likely the most famous villain that has ever existed in full. You know what I mean? Every villain is always going to be compared to Darth Vader. So it's ballsy enough to have to do a continuation of Darth Vader after... I always thought that Darth Maul is a very underrated character, but he was never yeah. a patch. He's a very underrated character. I think he was in the wrong film. I think Darth Maul... Mm-hmm. Have been one of the greatest villains that there is, but he's in the wrong phone. No,
2: they, they just shouldn't have killed him after one.
1: Well, uh,
0: no, they shouldn't have bought literally about two years worth of fucking marketing around him, and then he's in the phone for about 10. Maybe Charger, that's a the problem. That's that's a spinoff we need, look. Like, but uh, having a character as a continuation of possibly the greatest villain of all time is ballsy enough. Having a character as a continuation of the greatest villain of all time who literally is obsessed with Darth Vader like having him almost as a fanboy of Darth Vader Kylo Ren is massively ballsy, but they pull it off and what I found very surprising and it's not a spoiler it's a very it's not a spoiler whatsoever but the fact that they even unmasked him in that film I wasn't expecting it I wasn't expecting to see Adam Driver's face in that film because I thought oh certainly that'll take away the mystique the whole thing about Darth Vader is until the very end of the original trilogy you don't see him take off his mask and he's this whittled down old man they're gonna build him up in this, you know, a similar vein to Vader. But the fact that his mask is off like near enough halfway through Force Awakens, yeah, I thought at the, st- for the first two or three seconds, I thought, no, fuck, I'm, I'm not sure about this. But then I thought, no, you know what? That's a great subversion. That's a great way to mm-hmm. handle it because it- that mystique is taken away straight away. Yeah. And you just can't accept him in his human form. And as well, it just showed the confidence in that character. They could, you could show like Adam Driver's only like 32. And he's very fresh fist. He would actually kind of say quite booby fist And he's not the most intimidating looking person. But they were like convinced on his performance. And that convinced on how fucking intimidating he was. That they'll, they'll take away this mask. And he'll still chill you. And I, I got that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was excellent.
2: But the the way they used the taking off the mask as well. It's it's kind of... It's when he's at his his weakest points as mm. well. It, it was really... Mm. not. I don't want to say too many things. Because... Star Wars, people freak out about it. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it by now, was up?
1: we um, we <laughs> get more letters in than ever, maybe you should do it.
2: I know, let's just spoil the entire thing. Just like fuck people <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> Open and scene. <same. laughs> <laughs> the first line, anyway. Right. A long time ago in the do you, game. Ever. Do you
4: have the music cued? Oh, I should do. I? <laughs>
2: just press the lightsaber again.
3: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I think it surprised me about it as well
1: that it's really funny. There, there is like proper laughs yes. in it. You know, watching the original three, like maybe it's just because, like, you know, data type of humor and all, whenever I was trying to be funny, I found it a bit annoying and a bit naff. Really na- yeah, but in this film, really, really, really funny. And some of the callbacks I saw to the original three because it's so fresh in my mind, they weren't over the top. Yeah, Or, yeah. you know, they, they were slipped in there and like, you know, like, oh yeah, that's that. Uh, and the, how it is, the plot moves forward we don't spend too long on I, they, they don't yeah. give a pause and wink at the camera J.J. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs>
0: Abrams has always had like a big streak of comedy going through any production he's ever done but I thought with Star Wars because there's so much expectation he's going to be fucking keeping a very stiff pair of hands Well, so I was delighted they see that there's so much comedy in there and it's actually hands down first of all the, the funniest Star Wars I've ever seen because yeah. Star Wars is very renowned for its humour but I would say of one of the funniest blockbusters I've seen in quite a while yeah. especially a blockbuster maybe that, because you're not expecting it so much yeah but I would say 100% but definitely a blockbuster that hasn't really focused on doing humour because I, exactly, yeah. I wasn't going on there expecting humour off it but the fact there were so many wee gags in there I
2: will uh, with with the original trilogy there there are kind of jokey bits on there but it's more kind of silliness like when Han uh, fucks up talking to the, the, the guard when they're trying to yeah. rescue Princess Leia. He's like, oh, no, everything's fine here. Everything's... like psh, Boring conversation anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more kind of silliness, and it's a different kind of humor that J.J. Yeah. Abrams It's more broad. Bring. It's a broad humor. Right, because uh, there's there's one particular bit that I think it might be a bit too broad, which I'm not going to say specifically what it is, but it was just John Beck. It was kind of like... Really getting in, they saying something, He was all, "Yeah, we got you, we got you." And then Han just was "Calm down." Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I thought, bit, I yeah. thought, I thought that it was, it was on the verge, but it didn't go over. Like, but uh, no, even like BB Eight giving the thumbs up is fucking hilarious. That's incredible,
0: <laughs> incredible. But I think then, basically, in summary, that what was crazy to me. I think even the First Awakens as a release. I think it was a really, really big deal. For me, personally, maybe since Avatar. And I think it's a bigger release than Avatar. In the, the scope of cinema in general, I think it's the biggest release that I've ever seen. Mm. Maybe since Titanic,
2: possibly. Well, just the... I heard a figure earlier... Could have been today or yesterday. I'm not good with days. Um, the previous record for the highest pre-sale numbers was The Dark Knight. It was we, like 25. Uh, 25 I million. Star Wars. It's estimated got 120 million yeah. <laughs> just on pre-sale tickets. Like.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, like obviously we said. I think it was near enough our first podcast. And like I said before, it's not like I'm some sort of fucking guru of box office, and I don't think it's you know, you're, you're not, not. <laughs> right, <laughs> no. But I, I don't think it's that big a shout they say. But like me and you, have, I've always said that we assume that *Forrest Awakens is maybe going to be the most like highest grossing film ever. You know what I mean? I'd be very surprised and, if it doesn't be. Avatar's what is it, two point one? Two point one billion? Something like that. I'd be very million. surprised it doesn't beat it. I think I it's going be the d- biggest release.
2: I think it'll be a a decent shout yeah. because the fact that it's coming out in December as well and nothing really big comes out the in Dumonts. January it 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 can have legs and the, the new year you like see yeah, uh, I was
1: reading about and you know box Office Mojo I'd like to say that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's box. where you get stats from. (laughs) But they were saying that, uh, you know, obviously your summer releases have like, usually the biggest opening weekends, but then your winter ones actually sometimes have a lot more legs. The
2: the biggest opening one before that was one of the Hobbit movies. It was like 80 million or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like they were saying that, oh yeah, usually in December they don't open you know big audiences yeah, yeah. but uh, apparently this did and you can see it having legs as well because not even as a, a film but culturally it is massive like yeah. people just won't shut up at Star Wars I've just seen this film though I'm quite happy because honestly the more we're talking about it, the more I actually like it uh, Yeah, it was very very good
2: that, that's, what I'm, that's what I was saying there. like the more you actually think about it it's like oh fuck that was actually really good <laughs> I still have problems with it as I know there like, are a few I know oh, yeah. I know like I'd just to kind of cut into the whole love buzz here, there, like even I had a few problems with that I won't bring up because it's kind of plot yeah. things. And but yeah, there there are a couple of things they I could say, forgiven
1: definitely. Yeah, I'd say you know, the strength overall package is definitely very I very 100% good.
0: agree with you, Because I think that for the task at hand for JJ Abrams, even they put out a film that people even sort of liked, never mind loved, and having they marry the old and the new, and having all this shit in this fucking split for him they put out a half decent product would have been commendable enough. For him, they put out the film, and he's done incredible. Yeah. And on top of that, too, even the grapes that I have with the film, like I do, kind of think it maybe panders to the fan service or the fan base a wee bit too much. Maybe in the early parts, and maybe it is a wee bit kind of parallel to the original. Maybe a wee bit too much sometimes, yeah, and I it kind of like it kind of lingers in that. But I think they're very, very minor things. Very.
2: Yeah, minor it's things. minor stuff that I would have problems and with. It's
0: li- it would be actually if you were to. You know, ask me I think it would be me j- just trying to pick holes because when I watched it as a kind of non-Star Wars fan who just sort of half like Star Wars I thought it was an amazing effort and it's a very very good film that I think that even anybody like I would say and this is obviously the main thing that Disney and J.J. J. Abrams and Co are going for it. New generations of people who haven't fucking got a clue about Star Wars, they will walk in that film and go, This is amazing, what's this? Oh, there's six films before this. Oh, there's a TV well, show. there's three. Yeah, there's, <laughs> three. Like, there's six films, there's fucking video games, there's you know cartoon shoes whatever Yeah, I mean this well,
1: whole expanded universe well I mean proof of the pudding I mean I'm really excited for episode 8 Yeah, and I was a complete cynic walking in so episode 8 is only a year and a half away as well I know but you know what fucks me off though Yeah, well, these Star Wars anthology films coming out now and I think yeah. they're going to take a wonder of my sales a bit. Rogue One Ro- no but yeah.
2: Rogue One will be good it's it's I set before
1: it. sorry <laughs> <laughs> keep it,
2: just talking another chilli drink
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I've got actually I'm going to bring up Rogue One later on but yeah it could be good with that director at home, but we'll see
2: ah, who's directing again
1: Garth okay. Edwards Garth See
0: the Edwards, this yeah. is why I'm not as excited about Rogue One I think Garth Edwards is a very luminary director Do
1: you want to bring it up later on because I'm going to talk about him
0: Yeah you're, you're going to talk about him later on Can I want to say
1: Godzilla was shot? No I'm talking about his <laughs> No I
0: Garth mean like okay. obviously well, we'll, we'll not bring it up we'll bring it up <laughs> when Dan brings it up later on but even the thing I'm really not looking forward to is that I'm very very excited about th- th- I'm the very same as Dan I'm not a Star Wars fan but after seeing that film oh Jesus when's the next one right? and obviously episode 8 especially because it's ryan johnson and i think yeah, he has such a good track record so many good episodes some of the best episodes of breaking bad more importantly looper more importantly brick and the brothers bloom which everybody forgets about <laughs> which i don't talk about <laughs> but he's, he's got such a background and he knows how to do good stuff i think looper might have been the stepping stone for him into getting that because it, it showed that he could do sci-fi on a small level but then and? i had
2: get a wee juggle Leved in, in, in there, he's been in all his balls. Making a Jugo S- Leavitt, but might do a wee Simon Pegg.
0: It's <laughs> awful they say, and I, I don't want to kind of put up a tar on their project. But then I looked at episode nine. Obviously, nothing has been released about episode nine yet because it's so far in the distance, except the director. And I, I don't know. From what I've seen, I think Colin Trevorrow is such a luminous director. It's Trevorrow and is it Trevorrow? Okay, tomorrow, Trevorrow. But like seeing him there is... Obviously, with Ryan Johnson, when you see a director's password, you can see, oh, what, what can he bring that? I think that, was well, as a Trevorrow, he's at such a kind of substandard. Fair enough, he's done fucking massive box office, and he's put out solid, commendable films. But for me, there's no creativity there. And for me, Star Wars, fair enough, he'll have so many consultants with him, but there's nothing that he could add to it. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't I, know. I
2: think Jurassic World proved he can do a big budget Yes, right. and and it's he had a similar thing with J.J. Abrams that he had to reintroduce uh, Jurassic Park and try and reboot it, and <clears throat> after the first Jurassic Park, there wasn't really a good Jurassic Park film. Steven Spielberg did the second one, and he even he couldn't do a decent Jurassic Park film. So for Jurassic World to come out, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, and generally I think people thought it was grand entertaining or whatever so to even have a half decent to so even if I'm doing a half decent one I think that's a good sign
0: no see I mean like I understand that you're saying like oh Spielberg couldn't do a good Jurassic Park 2 but I mean like at the same time Spielberg was having to work with the characters that he created in the first one and obviously it's always hard to make a sequel as good as the original having 25 years and also the nostalgia factor they balled up the whole thing about Jurassic Park and people love Jurassic Park it is very easy then they dip your toe into a new market woof the sort of idea of what Jurassic Park was with a new story I think it's a lot easier and I think it's a good film it's a solid film yeah. like I said it's a very commendable film but I just think that and as well it comes down to fucking safety not guaranteed again it comes down to that but
2: it's not a time travel film but
0: I just, Chad. I, I it's just a bad one I just don't think I think he seems like a solid director he's got his shit nailed down when it comes to character and plot but I from what I've seen of him so far, and I think it's only like two or three films that he's done. I think I've seen like the, yeah. the two or three he's done. Nothing stands out about it, and especially when you're, I think now Star Wars at the minute with the Force Awakens, everybody saw Star Wars buzz. Oh Jesus, Star Wars is back in the popular conscience, and then they will keep going then with obviously Ryan Johnson's. We uh, what's the, what, Episode Eight hasn't got a, a subtitle yeah, is right, it. Episode eight. episode eight, I think he'll carry that on with the creativity, and then there's gonna be a lot on him because you're assuming that. Episode nine is going to conclude the next trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's he's gonna he, that's going to conclude that trilogy, and he's gonna have a lot to take in with not only being creative and introducing new things. I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm hundred percent spot bomb. I'm I'm kind of judging the man on what he's done before, but I just I'm not sure about the director.
1: I think it's great though. You know the last top more movies way. When's this movie's out, movie? Out? It's in four years or something. <laughs> yeah, we're still like yeah. just getting the nice sharpening. We're, we're, we're getting their names on now. Like, <laughs> we're getting their names on now.
2: Well, I think he'll do a great job. He's a fucking heck. <laughs> uh, he, he, well, we'll,
0: you know, so we'll talk about it. Anyway I went like episode 300 and something. So. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three hundred, Colin Trevorrow is the best director. Right <laughs> 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 I'll completely flop my attitude within the next two weeks. <laughs> Sean Coyle eats hat. <laughs> um, we
2: agree that now, if Colin Trevorrow does a really great job, episode nine, you will eat a hat. Speak to me in three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, <not> signing shit. <laughs> you know, Colin Trevorrow is is kind of like a protege of Brad Bird, though. Like, like uh, that's how much he's under his wing. Do, uh, do you, do you phrase?
0: Argues. Did you mean that as a kind of, did you Cause, actually cause, mean that as a pun? Because he's a bird. Brad Bird, bird <laughs> under his wing, did yeah. you mean
2: that? No, because I actually thought it in my head, and then I realized it was a bit of a pun, so I <laughs> But no, yeah, like, Brad, Brad Bird, like, kind of nurtured Colin Travaro. Trevor. Uh,
0: even the word nurtured, it's, uh, I love the whole bird, like, Well, you can't, you, can't, you can't get away from it, like, like what else do you say, like? <laughs> same nest, same nest
2: Brad Bird vomits in the con <laughs> Does <laughs> anybody have any
0: <laughs> other opinions on Star Wars?
4: Can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> yes, Kiva,
2: you haven't seen Star Wars. Very. Busy, what's up with that? <laughs> I think it's like the first thing ever we haven't spoiled on the podcast as well. I think it'll do very well. I know, like, I was very sensitive about saying anything, really. Yeah.
0: I think it's even almost a feat that three of the four of us have even seen it together. You know what I mean? Fair enough, you were on a different screen than us, but... <laughs> that the,
3: was The fact I it, was was, the, the, the fact we it wasn't again. planned either. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I mean, like, what, what's kind of crazy to you, like, And I think it always interests me about film and I think it's the thing that interests me most about film is the kinda social aspect of it and like how film can kinda impact people or impact kinda cultures or societies. And that was is one of the few times for me living in Derry that you can actually see how film can affect people. That is the biggest impact. Like I mean, we we live in a small enough city. And you're going into this kind of two bit cinema. And by the time we got that cinema, two years before the show, and there was a fucking queue, the longest queue I've ever seen in my life. Anybody right. dressed up? There
1: was, there there was, was a couple
0: co- of Leia hairdos.
2: I was going to dress
1: up Dookie. I'm glad I didn't I, <laughs> I would have pulled it off and all. You, you would
2: have gotten knifed. <laughs> 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 or sabered, whatever. Um. Oh, yeah, okay. I wanted to kind of go on to this. The The screening was at midnight. Well, five past midnight. They were letting people into the screens at half ten. I wanted to go down to the screen I wanted to go down to the cinema at nine to get into the queue. Jill told me to wise up. <laughs> <She did right. laughs> so then we agreed on ten o'clock and then this is when Jill started getting tired and waning. and I was like, Great, I'll say to Shan. So me and Shan landed down about quarter past 10 because I had to pick him up in the taxi. And, and even
0: at that I thought that was early as fuck. Like-
2: I like like Shan when I first said to him he's all like, I sure I'll meet you down there like half eleven or something. I was like, No <laughs> no. no I'm leaving at ten o'clock. So then we we landed down. The queue was around the whole building. <laughs> like, what, like, cause we, did
4: you go to the Strand Road or the
2: No? It was it was the bowling, the bowling alley, bowling but alley? inside the bowling alley, it was it was around the bananas, which is about ha- half the building. Yeah. And then we got into the queue and then it went all the way down to Martha's Vineyard, which is the rest of the building, yeah. <laughs> and Amazing. in a in a U shape, and. <laughs> It was just, it was just so many people, and then, uh, we got there and I was like oh we're not going to get fucking seats now. It was fucking. Raging. Like give was panicking. Like How many? Because I couldn't settle all day because I I was just worried about getting seats because it's not designated seating or anything. But we, we 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 got in and we grabbed a couple of decent seats you midway. Know, we had I got that. in
1: at quarter past eleven. My seats were sweet. Were they? Yeah. I, but you're in
2: a three D show And I People know. don't like to go to three D. Was Me- yours full?
1: I was I all of them were full? All uh, seven yeah, shows, fucking That's what I was going to ask. How many yeah. screens? Mickey, seven? as well. I when I let I, like Mickey you know, I was buying, I was going to 3D. He was all, Oh, yeah, you should get like the Star Wars 3D glasses. And I was all, No, man, I've got some here. And he goes, No, but you should get them anyway. And then afterwards, you should give it to me. It <laughs> 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 was, like, was the same with the used but he just wanted them to be further When I did see them, when I was buying they're pretty cool, but they're like four pounds 25. Are you you can
2: get four pairs for 15? Do they work? I a pair from Avatar, it's my 3D glasses do
4: they work like as sunglasses
2: no, no could could
4: you take them to like say spec savers and make and re- them replace into replace lenses probably yeah. because like I buy them Yeah.
2: because they're cool we'd eight one or Captain Phasma I thought Captain Phasma was pretty, cool, she well. was pretty cool
0: she's Gwendolyn Christie and she is apparently being she there's only like a select few of the five cast from Force Awakens that have announced now for episode eight uh, Phasma, Oscar Isaac, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, and Mark Hamill are the only five, I think, that they've no announced. No Adam Driver? Ad. No, that's that's what oh. I'm very surprised at. That is very surprised. They've only announced oh, five. Oh, he dies at the end, fuck. <laughs> mm, no! that, that, that is a full spoiler. That is a full spoiler. Oh, now no,
2: they know it's not
0: true, but Shannon. Now they well, know he isn't like, gonna die. Like, it's, it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Here, we're trying to fuck with our heads. But the oh, my there's heads only fuck. five characters. Jar Jar kills him. Knife in the back. Most intense scene of all time. He's oh, <laughs> <laughs> a kill. He's a kill, calorie. Oh, you go dead now. Oh, fun casual <laughs>
2: racism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what i all in up, Kylo Ren isn't in episode eight, taking that what you will, H- which F- I find F- quite surprising. It probably will be in there, who knows. But what I loved is that me and Mickey had a very, very nice date night, That not we, Michael? Yeah. Because Michael was obviously in shume with taking his girlfriend to the cinema and you know, showing her treats and doing things and shit like that. You already there. cut the hole at the bottom and, of the and popcorn. Whatever, whatever. The popcorn was cut down so blah blah used. blah. So I, was I
4: swear Mike I said sweet, not salted. <laughs> well, <laughs> Mikey was sitting beside me and he
0: didn't quite know what to do and I was all, oh, what do you do, man? He was going to the, the snack market, you would say. And he, no was one old, says that. and he was all, what, what what, snacks would you like from a snack market? I was all, just because I, I was tumble, because I was, I, was, I was nervous. And also, I, I didn't have any money. So and I you just hadn't
4: all, been to the cinema together in, so like, I was years?
0: Yeah. I was all, man, just get just me a wee drink. And I came back with a most fuck-off, but a Diet Coke you've ever seen in your life. And the <laughs> biggest tub of hot roasted nuts. This man was obviously trying to buy my love, wouldn't he? Yeah. You were trying to suck me in. First oh.
1: time you ever had like Diet Coke with like, loads of vodka. And it like, <laughs> 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 <Did> you suck-drinking <sit laughs> me. Huh? you just take a drink me? At about no. 20 kilos. No, but honestly, did you? Because no, we've no, done that before. Like...
0: I, I have done that before. I... Right. Like I said I, last
2: I, week. I, no, that would have been better if I came back with the biggest fuck off that coke and a wee quarter bottle. Uh, of no. <laughs> That contract would have been sealed there Then, <laughs> like, You I mean? You just sucked me off right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, you
1: let's go to Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> finish I can't believe I sucked I, you off <laughs> out the fuck.
2: I, <laughs> hide, <laughs> hide in the ball pit, see what happens. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> all Bananas at
3: children's play. Player it was the hot nuts. It was the hot nuts
0: them they have hot nuts to look for me, man? Like he's hot ah, nuts. Ah, Kiva,
3: what have you <laughs> watched this week?
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, this week I watched something very dissimilar to Star Wars. Sexual. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched a film called Black Christmas.
0: Sex- oh,
2: yes, the
3: original the, the or the, original so or the original remake? Yeah, like nineteen
4: seventy four.
2: No, because no, they did a remake of it. We yeah, like two thousand and six.
4: Buffy's kid. Buffy's wee sister looked like that she was, was on the Michelle cover.
0: Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, don't that watch was going to be my recommendation tonight. But oh, sorry, can you talk about no Michelle Trachtenberg. I recommend
4: you not to watch her movie. Mm-hmm. No, the nineteen seventy four Black Christmas. I thought it was really class. So it's a kind of sorority house. Yep. Um, it's a Christmas film because it's set at Christmas time. I think
0: it's it's a Christmas film in name alone. I think. <laughs> Isn't it's, that all Christmas uh, <laughs> films? I think it's only a Christmas film, and the fact that it is set at Christmas. Yeah, there's no it. Santa. Yeah, but that
4: there's
1: qualifies no, Die Hard, which is the best. Yeah, the film Yeah, perfect. Okay, so. right. So, yeah, prefer. like fr- Frozen set in June. So.
0: <laughs> let, this, let this woman talk about it. All right.
4: Um. No. <laughs> so it's like a sorority sorority sister house of i don't know how many girls because it's christmas time there's not that many of them there you've got your
3: there's all
0: been murdered
4: yeah <laughs> yeah you've got your kind of drunk your drunk girl yeah i really related to although i can't remember relating to her um then you have your kind of like nerdy girl she dies first so hmm, the drunk girl whatever spoilers <laughs> i forget <laughs> um there's right basically there's loads of gears there's a drunk house mother who rocks she kind of she's like a very very friendly version of what do you call the like the woman who runs, runs the orphanage in Annie
2: um, I have no idea I was going to say Miss Havisham. that's a fucking great explanation we'll, well her anyway and we'll, she's, we'll, just, she's, um, we'll just
0: call her Kenley Orphanage Woman
4: she's like no she's not no, kindly. she's like, like Hannigan a me- or Mrs. Miss- Hannigan right oh! Oh, no Shep. miss hannigan sorry
3: awesome.
4: and she's miss like a hannigan. mean she's like a mean drunk who looks after these orphans this woman is like the chillest drunk who looks after these she sorority is. girls she's like <laughs> so chill
0: she's smoking bats in the loft she, there's so. like like
4: one of the like it's one of the 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 parents of one of the girls shows up looking for her where she shouldn't meet me and he's quite like you imagine he's quite well off the way he's kind of prudish you know well, i don't know he doesn't really say much right but he's kind of asking things of her and she's really just giving him the finger behind his back and all, thank you, fuck you. <laughs> um, and so that I all found very entertaining, plus very scary because there's a killer on the loose, like a cat burglar entrance um, killer.
0: Where is the killer? In the attic, the phone oh. calls are coming from inside. <gasps> that, is the, that is near enough a film that created that trope. Yeah,
4: it, the, like i seen in that Scream, Halloween, yeah. like so many, just that kind of, even all you really see at the start, the first half of the film you see through the killer's eyes whenever you're seeing scenes with him. And then you start to see there's a close-up of his eye through a door, maybe his hand. You, maybe not to give anything away, you might see him as another character, yeah. him or her. Mm.
0: Do you know what, Kevin, would you not agree, though, what is ridiculously, ridiculously creative about that film, especially when it's near enough the first of its kind, that you never actually see him? Yeah. N- like He's never, you, don't ne- you, you see maybe slight shades, like you see that the eyeball I see his behind eyeball. you never That's actually it. see him.
4: Yeah, it's scary. whole film. And you know even that, so... You know the phone Scream and there's that phone call, like, what's your favorite uh, scary movie? How, I don't know how I ever find that scary after hearing the that. phone calls that are being made from within this house. So he's either very good at doing impressions in some of them. He's either killing people and recording them and then talking as, not recording them, but having the phone hand set up with them. Like, it's just, it's creepy as fuck. It's, it's just proper creepy phone calls. Yeah. There's these girls alone in their house and then another pullback they scream is kind of what, what do you call that kind of courtney cox's ex-husband who plays
2: david arquette, it's arquette.
4: David arquette who plays the kind of like crap police officer really I well he's know. not Dewey. D- yeah, Dewey. Show, yeah um they have they have a kind of Dewey character um who i mean you can't br- you can't blame him because like
1: Oh, it's a sorority house, is that yeah. A big deal you can't blame him them? for it, but you know, he's he, he really d- it's, it's, kid prim, it's kids playing, it's kids playing, yeah. <laughs> like, you know,
4: he's, he's really just fobbing everything off, you know. Yeah. And then when it comes to the crux of the the calls are coming from inside the house, even his boss is like, No, nah, you've made a mistake, yeah. it, that's the number of the house. And he's all, No, I swear it's, you know. And yeah, yeah. there are a lot of things that have been repeated through so many horror movies, but. This iPhone, I went I, great. I'm I really glad I chose yeah, to watch it this week. It's really good. One of the really
1: about movies is that sometimes if you see something that did it first time and you're like, they fair enough, it was so smart for them to do it and, you know, uh, to actually come up with the idea. But because you've watched later films, it seems old hat. And yeah. there, This one that you yeah. watch is the one that's yeah. been ripped off. It becomes diluted. And I think
0: it's mm. it's very interesting when you were talking about Black Christmas, They amount the times you brought up Scream. Scream obviously was... It's- A deconstruction of the slasher and like obviously you've brought (coughs) it up so many times as that inspiration without black christmas there wouldn't be scream there wouldn't be any slasher i mean like i think it's it's falsely given the the plots that maybe shouldn't be i I think it was the codifier of that genre but no i would say halloween halloween is usually seen in the kind of easy narrative of film history as inventing the slasher film, whereas it was probably more Black Christmas that you know uh, uh, that uh, invented the slasher film Halloween's 1979 Black Christmas 1974 that's a five year gap you know what I mean and Black Christmas dealt with a lot of stuff that Halloween did five years before it and I think that Black Christmas if you actually look at it on a visceral level for scares Halloween's more psychological it's more built up and it's a way better made film yeah be it shots and, and how the characters built up and how the boogeyman's built up but Black Christmas is more genuinely scary.
3: Yeah, I think it's scary, really Because I think scary. that the man
0: in the attic is actually, even the modern years now, obviously we're desensitized, the most fucked up shit. It's plausible. In like that, you know, 2015 or whatever, we're desensitized the really fucking bad shit we hear bad stuff every day. I think that the villain in that, Love in the Attic, the first time I hear it, remember when he's on the phone at the very start of that film, and he's talking to a sorority girl, and you can tell straight away that he is this sexually demented man, and he's talking about, <laughs> I think it's like slashing a girl's genitals, we'll it's basically
4: very, say. Yeah, they, there's a lot of c- C-U-N-T. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of C-U-N-T on <laughs> there, stuff like
0: again. And even, it just shows how good, how well that character's built. That You don't see him. He's literally a voice at the end of a fucking telephone. But the fact that he is so threatening, even through his tone, and even outside because he keeps changing voices because he's yeah. obviously a fucking schizophrenic. Even that voice alone is scary. And then you find out he's in the attic is even scarier. And then when you find out that you're watching his murder through his own POV, and you never actually see his fist, that just builds the mistake. It's it's horrifying.
4: I think like it it <coughs> has all you said is credit and it I think the whole way through the film it has that because I might be wrong, but one of the first scenes is how you just see his hands climbing up the yeah. lattice work of the house, and he's kind of peeking in the window. How is it so easy for him to, you know, it's just, yeah, mm. it's college, normally locks or doors, like, but he's, he's in there the whole time and you're seeing, and once, once the camera shifts to that view where you're looking, you go, oh no, oh yeah. no. Oh,
0: Exactly. I, th- I think it's that, it's that age old thing and that's what Black Christmas does so well and I think so many films since then have tried to kind of mimic it and it just hasn't quite happened, is that if you present a psychopath or somebody who's unhinged or somebody that you wouldn't usually meet in your own everyday life, if you present them through POV and you don't give them a fist, say it's Scream or any other horror film, even, say it as a character study or a that games do quite a lot games, actually, yeah. If you have Michael Myers, you have a fist and a body of Michael Myers and you can kind of accept that and you can kind of catalog that in your mind of what he is and what he's going to do. Yeah. Whereas, if you only see that person's hands and you can only see the violence that they do, but you don't actually see their face or their body, and it's that thing that you always say that nothing is scarier because it's what's in your mind the is creating the unknown, it's creating in your head. Fuck, if I can see how many is that fucked up, what's his face like? What's his body like? How does he move? You know, that is more horrifying than anything. And even those slight wee glimpses of him climbing up the stairs or his eye. Even though you see them, and it's just a human hand and a human eye. It's not like he's presented as any sort of fucking supernatural being. Just seeing those things, but with that sort of blanket across his character, seeing those hands and seeing those eyes gives so much more a, a, a sort of impact because you think, oh, Jesus Christ, oh, what's that? Oh, has well, well, eye looks kind of supernatural, What doesn't yeah. it? Because you don't know enough about that character. Yeah. It's I, horrifying.
4: I thought as well something... This, is ju- I, this might just be my opinion, or my, you know, everyone has different reactions to things, but the scenes that he's actually killing people, mm. so I think I'm not going to, like, I can't even remember exactly how he kills everyone, but they're all very, you see a splatter, a or you know, from a, an angle that you're not actually seeing too much, like, gore graphically. So they're pretty scary. You're like, oh my God, you know, or he's like suffocating someone. You just know that because, as she's coming up, you see plastic sheeting, and then mm-hmm. it happens, and then you see her already dead. But I think sc- scarier than the kill scenes are the scenes when he's by himself well, well, in the s- attic, going scary. crazy. He's like rifling around, shaking everything, going. It's like, it, and he's just it's just him by himself it was, in an attic going, and then I was like,
0: I, d- I totally agree because the kill scenes on Black Christmas are actually ridiculously tame. There's essentially no blur or gore. In the kill scenes in Black Christmas, it kind of cuts away a lot. And because it's a precursor to, like the slasher genre, they couldn't really get away with as much. Well, they could because it was New Hollywood. They could get away with a lot of gore. But for whatever reason, that director chose to show a lot of gore. And he chose to maybe keep it uh, a wee bit more cut back, you would say. But like you were saying, when he's in the attic and he's freaking out, that's even scarier because you see how fucked up this person is. And because you can actually see him again, it's working like, oh my God, what is this person? Who is he? What is you he know, of? you yeah.
4: know. So then, he, what he's capable of. So you don't have to see him do it. You know he, what he's uh, doing exactly when he know? goes
0: to actually kill those people. That is almost like you're expecting it. It's the whole buildup, and especially when he's stalking them, oh. and you're thinking, what's his plans? What's he going to do? So if anything, for me, when I watch Black Christmas, when he actually goes to kill him, it's almost like a let off. It's like a release. You're just happy that he's killed them. Because oh, you're you, something to killer in that one. <laughs> yeah. that no, no, but no, but it's too, it's it's happiness really because. You've how got Shanga's so
1: Shanga's thirty. Yeah, <laughs> got, uh, <laughs> thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, you
0: got like I mean, but like obviously. <laughs> But you've got so much shit working through your head you're thinking Jesus Christ what's it going to do to these girls in the sorority house how is it going to do this shit blah 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 that you're torturing yourself you're almost glad that
4: the right girls it's going to yeah. happen I'm glad it's over with uh, exactly that that, that, but that
0: is exactly what that director's going for it's that whole thing of nothing is scared that he's building up the own darkness in your mind and he's Bringing up this emptiness and this mystique of what can this man do? I'm going to give you nothing and you create the violence that he could possibly do. You create the shit that he could do in your own head. And then when it comes to it, it might be a bit unsatisfying, not unsatisfying, but it might be a bit underwhelming, but you'll be happy it's over. Because you'll be happy it's over because all that shit that was going through your head of what possibly could have happened is gone. It's gone. But then, as soon as you've gotten over them killing that person, it's on the next victim. And that builds up that tension and that shit in your head again. Yeah. yeah and that's what it does so well.
1: To compare that to as well, I mean, like, there's this, maybe it's sort of over now, but there was a movement there towards, you know, Saw, like, showing everything, this sort of overly gory and... Uh, Gorno. Yeah, Gorno, exactly. I mean, I know, obviously, hostels, you know, has some critics have not lauded, but at least it's, you know, it got sort of a uh, middle in reviews, at least. But then Saw actually just became this uh, biggest horror movie franchise of all time, isn't it? But I mean, that well, sort Saul of movement... Saw was before Hostel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, Saw well, was, 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 was quite a good film, though. Like the yeah, first, first Saw was good. Yeah, but then that sort of idea of, uh, well, we'll just show it. Just show everything. Yeah. Be, it got taken to like, the nth degree. We have the boys from Lincoln Park fucking killing each other, you know, accidentally because <laughs> they're in some sort of trap. Aye, but, by, you know, it, by the time you get to Saw 5,
2: when someone's drowning in pig guts... Yeah, it just <laughs> becomes
1: like, you know... Uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, egregious. It's, it's over the top. It's, you know, you lose its sort of... Uh, Flourish or well, you finesse,
0: just, you, it, it loses its impact. Just in general. Yeah, you Just you know get you desensitized. But it's the same way any hard genre, and that's what you're saying. I mean, obviously there was a movement towards gorno in like the early, late two thousands, and then it is no coincidence whatsoever. And we've discussed this many times. And only fucking kind of go over old hat or whatever. But you have a gorno movement in the two thousands, which is a reaction to the. Deconstructive nature of the slashers in the 90s where you know people know how the slashers worked and it's almost like this kind of no one take or this party on the slasher film so then horror makers thought everybody knows everything about slasher films let's just fucking show them song that they've never seen let's show everything let's show complete and utter violence it's not the sort of mystique violence like we're talking about in Black Christmas it's evident that we're going to burn people's eyeballs, we're going to fucking tear God's side. We didn't give a fuck. The censorship, what we got now, we can do whatever we want. And then we had that for about six, seven years. And then it's no uh, coincidence whatsoever now that we're going through a bigger spate now of Back to the basics. Well, Su- yeah. footage. Supernatural. So Fine Su- footage and of were side by side for a long time. Mm. And it was you know uh, most horror fans would just kind of take both because it was two different tastes of you know the horror genre. You, but, but, know, but
2: fine footage was going in the other genres as yeah, well enough, than horror, yeah. so but that kind of got some, older there's some good, quicker. There's some good fine
1: footage. There's some genre. good VHS. Like, there's, uh, there's, there's some good gornos.
0: There's some good fine footage. There's there's good horror everywhere, no matter what genre it is. But I don't think it's any coincidence now that horror seems they're going back to basics after that really visceral, disgusting, words and all period of gorno that it's going back that supernatural I and mean, Like, I mean, it's no constant that The Conjuring, I think, is the highest and horror film of the past, like, 15 years. Yeah. You've got shit like Annabelle. You've Sinister. got Sinister, Sinister 2. Insidious. You've got that Insidious. It's all going back that supernatural because
2: That's that's all to do with Blumhouse as well. Yeah. Like, Blumhouse
0: is a massive proponent of that. And pro- th- they're, they're, they're the main kind of... Well, they're the main catalyst behind that whole movement there.
2: Yeah, because just, just their actual kind of business plan for films is... Make it in LA, make it cheap, we'll make money basically. Yeah. Like, all their phones is like $5 million or something, and they're all they're all made in LA. What I've
0: always respected about Blue Mouse, is that, considering they have, you would say, a pretty cynical business model, they've, it fucking na- they've nailed it. <laughs> but I wouldn't even say they've nailed it a lot of huts because it's very easy to do. Well, I'm not saying very easy, otherwise, we'd be fucking millionaires. But it's, it's quite easy to do a film for cheap and make it huge if you just kind of go on narrative through what people only see. But they do that, but also make good films. Yeah. I think personally, Sinister is a very good horror film. I think Insidious is a very good horror film. I think The Conjuring is a very, very good horror film. You know what I mean? And those films are very interchangeable. They're essentially the very same narrative, but they're just shot very well, especially in a low budget. They've got a good cast or a low budget and they have an impact on you. And like, it's weird that there's horror films maybe for twenty or thirty million. They can't have that, but they do. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just the people that work with me. I'm not I quite sure. I
2: think it's just the actual restrictions that Blumhouse puts on their directors. Like they they say this is the budget. This is where you have to shoot it. Yeah. Go do something. The gift as well was Blumhouse.
0: Yeah, the gift. Of, that's right. And they, that, exactly. They don't just do horror, but they always say that obviously restriction is the uh, source of creativity. Yeah. You know, what I mean, if you have restrictions and you know. Yeah,
1: necessity is a mother invention. Precisely.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like, if, if you know that you can't have all that money, if you don't have that Force Awakens budget and you can't just go, oh, well, there's a problem with my chat. Let's just fucking hire on 50 fucking people. They get that right or whatever. If you know you're on a tight deadline and every fucking cent counts and everything has to matter, then let me you something a lot more thoughts going to go on that fucking chat yeah. and a lot more conversion. And a lot more fucking script reads. And a lot more fucking talking to your actors to get this right. And it's that sort of thing as well. I don't know, I'm kind of going completely off-cuff. But it was something I was reading recently. And there was this uh, study on the American TV shows versus British TV shows. And there was this article called British Brevity. in the fact that most uh, British TV drama or comedy shows are usually 6 to possibly maybe 10, 12 episodes long but they always seem more focused and more in tune with their characters, whereas a lot, most American TV shows, especially in the bike networks, are 20, 24 episodes long. American...
1: More money based, isn't uh, it? It's more of, it's yeah. more of a commodified yeah. culture.
0: Yeah. A- American TV shows have a lot more money. They have a lot more production value. They also have a lot more time for advertisements, which means they have a lot more time for filler. So stretch out your series, the 24 episodes, even though you could probably do that series in 10 to 12 episodes with the same characters let's out for you know the, the advertisements etc etc obviously because the british model of production when it comes to tv or uh, well just tv and drama or comedy isn't as you would say cynical or isn't this sort of advertisement based or money based you have a small tight compact production crew who's got one story well, one arc of a storyline, and you've got uh, a collection of characters who you know where you want to be at the end of that series. You're not, because a lot of American TV shows, like we talked about a week or two weeks ago, are just writing and they're writing themselves in their corner and they're creating shit as they go along. That would never, ever, ever never. happen.
1: Well, you see, in a British yeah, TV show. I would say a lot of that, I mean, like, maybe they get a wide out of sight we never really talked about before, but the BBC, a lot of time, you know, uh, actually respect the arts a lot. You know, it's, it's funded by us. They don't have advertisers that yep. they buy to, so whenever they actually make a series, they're, they're made for the purpose of actually telling that story. And because yeah. then, you know, you wouldn't have like Channel 4 showing an American style TV show because obviously I think the British way is actually a far yes. better model.
4: To be fair as well, the Channel 4, Channel 4, like they don't make t- TV shows but they go out and find people who are making cool shit
3: mm-hmm. like
4: around the country and then be like, come, you can have airtime on, on our channel.
3: Yeah. You yeah.
4: just... Ha- they, then they set limitations like but they're not like they're not m- yeah they're no bbc but they still respect artists oh yeah but, but I, I,
1: I just think though I'm that because the bbc are always going to be there that other channels sort of maybe have to follow their lead if you know what i mean because yeah. you'll never if they go like very american and very commodified in channel four then you, the bbc are always going to be a lot more about creativity so they all have to sort of talk the same did, line did, but the a bit. did channel
4: four I, I, give I, that to I, e4 I, they're kind of like Big I, Bang Theory. I don't think
0: we should kind of cut it down onto uh, like, you know, TV channels in, in the UK or in Ireland or whatever. I just think that it is a very, very British and Irish model. That it is a way more focused crew. It is a way more focused script. It is a way more focused than you want to tell. And then it usually mix for way tighter and cohesive storylines. I mean, it's no coincidence whatsoever that the BBC and Channel 4, just to name two channels, have been the purveyors of. A plethora of some of the best comedies and dramas that American TV sh- or American TV producers constantly, when they recreate and when they do, like Jesus Christ, yeah. they catastrophe, it crowd, A T crowd, Dark Place, The Office, fucking Mighty Bush, you know, and that's just naming a couple. They did that, the Mighty Bush. That is, bush. That, that is li- no, they're not. No, I'm no, saying that, no. but I'm not. I'm not saying oh, recreating, right, right, but right. I'm just saying that they are so focused and so creative. You would very rarely see, unless it is a, I would say more looser backed sort of production company like FX FX may seem to be the kind of subsidiary of Fox who are doing the more creative mm-hmm. shows like of Anarchy you're the worst Broad study, and yeah.
2: No, all, all their series is like 12 to 13 sunny.
1: episodes, it's as always well. so many, exactly. But I will say as well that you know, the one <coughs> that really I, I think completely revolutionized TV altogether was uh, the My Mind and the Sopranos or those shows that were coming out of HBO at the time, and that was you know, a channel that was not beholden at all to the advertisers, yeah. Do you know, so that's maybe like the sort of different step that whenever you actually co- overly commodify what you're putting out, then you're going to have you know, a weekend product.
0: Yeah, no, that no, you're exactly right. I mean, th- th- that is wonderful, and uh, it's it sort of, it's a nice parallel because you've got, a BBC which obviously relies on, you know, government funding and tax funding. I mean, like our our yeah. work. I mean, like obviously we work and we pay for the BBC. Like well, that you pay before. your TV license. Chicago. I pay my TV license yes, <laughs> even though I very rarely watch TV. <laughs> I pay my TV license. Whereas then you've got HBO who is completely working on you
1: know cable subscriptions. Yeah, you know what I mean. By the way, how do I know I was talking about this?
3: The way idea. Stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs> Don't know. But you know but, what? It was a fine discussion. <laughs> but
2: what I was going to say is if you look at a show like Peep Show that just recently ended after ten years, so they have what sixty episodes? That would have been banged out in the, if it was an American yeah. TV show in like two and a bit years, you know. But what I mean? this is exactly what I was going on and like qu- you would have never had that quality of <laughs> over ten years.
0: And it is a thing when it goes down the British brevity, but What's crazy is that Peep Show is the longest-running
1: Channel 4 sitcom ever, and yeah. it's 60 episodes, 60 that episodes. fuck all. Yeah, there's no such, that- no such thing as Irish brevity with this discussion we Don't <laughs> 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 let me go to the bathroom, man. I'm <laughs> But just,
3: just,
2: with, just with the thing you, you were saying quickly about, like, FX doing, like, shorter series and stuff, the actual, like, bigger Shout networks at, in America now, like CBS and Fox, they are kind of starting to wise up that, and uh, the... Fox have actually said that they they're gonna start doing
1: like shorter series and stuff. Yeah, you know what's really weird as well, now You have like Netflix coming in, which is obviously not beholden to advertisers as well. So ne- Netflix are the best. They just don't
2: give a fuck about it. They don't you even release it like? they don't even release their numbers or anything and it fucks everybody else off. It's like Tell us what how popular your show is. No, no. <laughs>
1: just watch it. <laughs>
2: it.
4: It only gives you a, a star rating based on your past views, yeah. which I love. It's so personal. Like, no, it's yeah, just right?
2: when you hear like kind of TV people like talk about Netflix, it's just so funny because it's just they like. Netflix has never done a Netflix original show, and it's, it hasn't got a second series. Mm. They always give it at least two series, even like something like Hemlock Grove that it didn't really find like a big. Well, supposedly you don't know <laughs> size yeah. audience, that. but like, like they have shows like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, which it obviously kind of permeates the kind of culture, and you know their big shows. But then they have stuff like Sense Eight, where like not all great things, but I, haven't watched I see, I, I've, I've I've like I've heard it kind of split, like people can either, either kind of love it or hate it, but. That's one. It's getting a second series, but you don't know how it's actually affecting people. Like.
4: Have you heard about the? I don't know if this is a true thing. Hopefully, it is. the The Dayton site that's teaming up with Netflix. It's not a real thing, <laughs> but so you know the way. Like, there's things like Tinder, or whatever. Yeah. There's people within 0.5 miles that wanna fuck. Woo. So there's like people right under-
2: There's people that want to the, There's someone <laughs> there's
4: someone in your neighborhood neighborhood that has also watched 12 consecutive episodes of Supernatural. Match
3: oh, made I've in heaven. I've definitely heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: probably not a thing. It should be
1: though. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Because it's Christmas and oh. what do you do at Christmas?
0: Play games.
2: Thanks, Shan. Yeah, you play games. <laughs> Shan rage. I was I was I was I was building update like but alright then. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, we've actually played a kind of similar game to this that what you brought up before oh that's,
0: that's that one that I won. You were fucking raging about it, wasn't it?
2: No, you see, I can't actually remember if it's one we've actually aired or not because 'cause we've done a few of them. Yeah, yeah, true. That all are unaired. Shit, I don't know, so but
3: uh no, <laughs> yeah, yeah a it's lucky. a
2: I've i found these on the internet. It's actually a hashtag hashtag explain a film plot badly. All right. So I have several uh, things of people explaining a film plot badly, and then you just need to tell me what the film is. Okay. Okay. So I think we'll we'll just go around the room, and if you don't know it, we'll pass it on, and we'll pass it on until do if nobody s- gets it, I'll tell you. So do it.
4: Say it if you or do you shout
2: out or no 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 I, like I'll. Give it to you first, Kiva, okay. and then if you don't get it, it'll go to Shan, okay. and then chances get it Dan. Cool. Do it, it cool. do okay. it. so we'll start with Kiva, since why not? Okay, so the first one is an American invades a foreign
0: land.
2: Connor, Kiva. I'm
4: not gonna get it anyway. Just with your turn.
3: <laughs>
2: American invades a foreign land. Kills local leadership, struggles to find an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. What is that film?
4: Iron Man.
0: No. Not bad. That was not a bad guess. Shank? Can't kill him first. No, it's you. What was the what was the thing again? Yeah. Oh.
2: American invades a foreign land, kills the local leadership, struggles to find an exit strategy.
0: Oh no, he gets an I'm thinking the deer hunter,
2: but no, he gets re- an remember idea. this is explain a film plot badly.
0: Right, okay, right. Explain a film plot badly. Is it Tropic Thunder? No.
1: Ugh. Dan It's a Wizard of Oz, isn't it? It's always a Wizard of Oz. So that's good.
0: that's
2: one point to Dan Killen To be fair though, i have seen that before. <laughs> You'll probably get all these in them <laughs> No I didn't read the whole article So let's go okay. Can we
4: always just start with me Because I ain't going to get them
2: <laughs> I well We finished off with. Oh well I'll start with Dan Because he got that one right here Okay, okay so sh- Dan you have a point remember Because I don't have any to right things though <laughs> <laughs> Okay Grip spans nine hours Return in jewelry it's Satanic No oh. it Sweeney
4: Grip spans nine hours Return jewelry
1: Yeah I know it Can I go Is so it some kind of like...
4: like? Uh,
3: you got this, Keith. Yeah. You got
0: this. You got this.
4: No, I don't know. I really don't know. You give it know. up? You can't say anything? Just say a full. Ocean's Eleven.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shanko? Grossman, nine hours returning jewelry? Yeah. Uh your head off the mic. Sorry. <laughs> I have fucking no idea whatsoever.
2: I'll like, give it the nine
0: they go to they go two up. No, no, no. The, uh, it, yeah, this one kind of is a point. I, this, yeah, this one kind of a it. point. What? Uh, what is it? Then?
2: It's Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the ah.
3: Rings. Oh! Ah, well,
0: I am kicking myself. So Dan's still one up. Go, okay, go. Okay, so we'll start with Kiva.
2: Safe <laughs> bed. <It's> a <bit>. <laughs> <laughs> dad has to pick up his daughter.
4: Okay Say it. You got this? Take him Yes
3: Yes. Kiva's yes. yes. coming back.
2: Okay, well so we'll start with Kiva again because you got that one right. Garrett gets roofied and is fine with it when she finds out that he's a solid ten.
0: Jesus
4: I, Shit. <laughs> so I was genuinely scratching my head there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Gary <laughs> gets roofied.
2: But is fine with it when she finds out the guy's a solid know. 10. Pass. Okay. Shanko?
0: Oh, fuck. I'm too drunk for to this game. Gary <laughs> um, <laughs> gets roofied. She's a solid ten. Or he's a solid 10.
1: Nah. Dan him. I, I honestly haven't read the article. Is that Sleeping Beauty? It's Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> okay, so Dan's
2: two up. Kiva, one zero. Kiva has one. Sh- Chan has not. Okay, so we'll start with Dan again. A beautiful princess gets catfished.
1: That's my thinking, breathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deep breathing. Right, so... Uh, she thinks so, she's going out with someone, but she's not. It's somebody else. Uh, it's probably fast. <gasps> Is it... it no, I don't know I can't think of anything. sorry Okay, Kiva seems I feel like I know this wow
4: So it, is, cat, is catfished Whenever like You you pretend to be someone You're not yeah, Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the premise of the show And the follow Yeah The follow and the show uh, Say it I want to say Aladdin yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> So is, is that What's that? 2-2? Two, 2-2, two? Two, two, yeah <gasps> Good to sound like? Well, Kiva got As it right. I'm in this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's between Kiva and Dan. But anyway, continue no, throwing I, them at me. I don't actually know how many is in this article, so <laughs> Okay, Kiva. Tells Gare mm, this is terribly written. <laughs> Tells Gare it's what's on the inside that counts, then changes their outsides. Oh, I know that. I know this actually. Is I it an other,
4: like animated Mm, really? Yeah. I'm no,
3: gonna... whoa,
2: whoa, whoa! You can't give any other clues. All right.
4: Okay. <laughs> <sighs> and the changes are. Cinderella.
3: Yes. Ew. Oh, oh. I, would've, I, would've I thought Shrek? Shrek? I was yeah. Shrek as well. Yeah. Look oh, oh. at my awful drawing of Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is an awful. It's like of Shrek it. the
2: Martian. <laughs> Shrek is low. Shrek. Is okay, low. so that's three, two, nil.
4: Why oh, am I good at this? What the fuck?
2: Okay. Kiva, we sticking with you. Illegal immigrant gets chased by the feds.
0: That's it? I knew this yeah.
2: one. Finally, I know one. <laughs> illegal
4: immigrant.
2: Oh, Kiva's getting the hang of the gay moon. Or...
4: Oh, but I don't know it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you want to do a guess?
4: I can't even think of a film that has an illegal immigrant on it. This.
1: Is... You give it up. I, I give up pass it. Pass, pass today, it. today. as a Paul? Nope. Ah, uh, is it fun. ET? It's ET. Oh. <laughs> How did you think already. Paul before
2: know, ET? actually a in M. a little of ET I know, basically. For yeah.
4: fucking hell. <laughs> you were close.
2: So what what's the scores? 3-3, three, three, is it? 3-3. Three, 3-3. Three. Three, three. And a big fat zero. I'm as well kicked out of this. Okay, Dan Kiln. Uh a love triangle between an 18-year-old girl, a 100-year-old guy and a dog.
0: What <laughs>
3: exactly, <laughs> Sean? Wait, uh,
4: right, say that again. I know it's not my question, yeah, but please I'm just Please me time. My
3: time.
2: I love triangle between an 18 year old girl, a hundred year old guy, and a dog. Has to be a Turner and Hooch no. on <laughs> Fuck off, my Turner. <laughs> works, my mind. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks, the most convincing hundred year old man <laughs> in the film. I was about to say <laughs> the most convincing dog version. Most convincing 18 year old girl. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I'm just thinking Benjamin Button now. But that's obviously wrong. Uh, go ahead. Eighteen-year-old girl,
4: hundred-year-old
2: man, and a dog. And a
4: dog, and it's a love triangle. Love
0: triangle. Oh
2: shoot!
4: Scratch my head again. No, pass.
0: Shanko. Oh, the fuck! Am I still on This? I have no idea. Do you want to think about percent. it a second? So, eighteen-year-old girl, hundred-year-old man, a dog. Love triangle. Love triangle. Dog. Man. Gear triangle. Dog man gear triangle. <laughs> yes. Dog man gear triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: believe
0: I didn't get it. The old triangle. Oh, the old triangle. I have no idea. It's Twilight. Alright. Mm.
4: Who's Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, we'll start he, with He's we'll, technically a dog, yeah. <laughs> we'll start with Shan. Okay. Because he needs a go. Let's be honest. A mercy point. Okay, Shan. A billionaire devotes his fortune to cosplay and beating up the mentally ill. It's Batman. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah!
0: <laughs> yes! The comeback is on. I'm so gonna fuck girl f- your girlfriend's <laughs> not bad I'm shooting that. Like <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's what's that? Three, three, one. Three, three, one. Okay, Shan. We're sticking with you. Ah. A girl learns to. Oh, hang on. Oh, a guy learns to love a girl without her Instagram filters.
0: That's the Mickey Branson love surrender. I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> say it again, Joe Maybe. Say it once more. A guy
2: learns to love a girl without her Instagram filters. Without her Instagram filters. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really yeah. like rely on so the Instagram, you, but on that, just, so just think just
0: think filters. He learns to love a girl. What, it's just like filters, so he learns to love a girl through
1: filters. What the fuck? No, fuck's that he without mean? am no. Instagram filters. filters is when like, you make that picture look better than what it and, like, I not is. I know, Dan. People, stop acting like you don't know. I'm not i am thousand fa- years old. <laughs> right, a guy learns to love a
2: girl without her Instagram
0: filters. So, if he's all the bullshit and just likes her, that could be any love story ever. Like,
3: come on.
1: But my but
2: why is there but, 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 in, but Instagram filters specifically. Help! 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 The visualness of it all. No,
1: I've no idea. Thank you. Am I next? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it sounds like an animated, maybe sort of fairy tale type one. But my mind's going a bit blank. A uh, bit Mat LeBlanc. No, I'm done. Kiefer a What's that? I
4: did have something in my head there. Now <laughs> I knew it wasn't right, but I did have something.
1: Chili <laughs> drink, Chili drink. Chili drink.
4: Think. Help me hey think. think.
1: Well, help me think. Okay. Go for it. Right, okay. Mm. Okay, so...
2: so, so Ponderment,
4: read it as I drink.
2: Okay, so take a drink and then immediately say what it is. A guy learns to love a girl without her Instagram filters. Pass. Okay, yous are all going to kick yourself. Shrek.
0: Oh! Fuck, <laughs> oh. oh, me for the Shrek for the last one.
1: Oh, I know, it's bullshit. Um, Fuck this. Okay, oh. we'll start
2: with Shan again because it, it went all around there. Four kids come out of the closet.
0: <gasps> Four kids come out of the closet? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's the obvious one, but then the way this game's going, I'm not quite sure if it is the obvious one.
1: No, it's like most of those articles where they actually get worse as you go down, so I'm sure this is one of the easier ones. Say what you feel, man. Is it Narnia? It is
0: Narnia. <laughs> hey!
1: <laughs> Shan's gonna win.
0: So I was really the... afraid. <laughs> I was like, is that the... this is a loaded what, what, question. Why are you watching what, Narnia? <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's very special. It's very So, uh... <laughs>
2: So what's the score there? Three, it has, three, 3-3-2 three three
0: In all fairness, it is quite well done. That whole uh, trilogy is quite is, well done. Yeah. Okay,
2: boy spends seven years being a third wheel.
0: Boy spends seven years being a third wheel. Yeah. What are you on about, mate? What you're trying to do? To think about hard? it.
2: Think about it. So you say, there's boy, a, there's you a mean, boy. You mean childlike? There's a boy.
0: You mean he's eighteen under? There's
2: there's seven years.
0: There's seven years.
2: And he's a third wheel.
0: And he's a third wheel.
2: I got it. Suggesting there's two other people.
0: So there's two other people. <laughs> and he's the third wheel.
2: And it's seven years. And he's
0: there for seven years. What is it?
1: key? I'm not telling you. So we won this?
0: He's Seven years. Cut in the in the mix. In the mix. Seven years in the mix. Third wheel. He's got two years with him. Just mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. a name.
1: That's only third wheels work, man.
0: So he's the third wheel.
1: There's a couple and this fella for seven years. Stop
0: Do you know what? I don't know I'm drawing that fucking serious
1: Stop helping. Him. Right, Dan Kellan. It's Harry Potter, isn't it? It's
2: Harry Potter. All right, though.
4: I didn't want to sound rude saying stop helping him because I knew you had the answer. <laughs> you're just
3: going <laughs> to give it to him. I know you're right.
2: Okay, so what's that? 432? Four, 432, baby. Okay, Dan Kelm. A lot of people take the ice bucket challenge. It doesn't end well. The ice ice bucket challenge.
1: Some people will pour
2: water in their head. A lot no. of people take the ice bucket challenge. It doesn't end well. Titanic, is it? Yeah. That's, oh! that's awful. That's, no, none of that's awful.
1: Like, oh, God bless those souls who died in the Titanic. This is awful. It's a really bad clue. Do you stop wiping your eyes in the microphone? All right. All right, pal.
4: His eyes have got a lot to right. say. We're, we're the sh- eyes
1: are the key to the soul. I know you keep looking at those eyes, you just wanting them. They just scream at you. So it's like on it. their eyes. <laughs> everybody have sex with right now. <laughs> come to the bar, eyes.
3: Ladies, come on, you're a lesbian.
4: Let me turn you. Let me I'm turn you. I'm turned. Don't look at me, and say. Let I let just fucking turn. sketched <laughs> you a picture eyes, like that a that French okay. girl. I ever have the, like you
0: do a floppy flop or not? A floppy Because I would get you gay and then get you non-gay and then <laughs> have you at me. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that
2: now
4: just called a flippy floppy? Aye.
2: Okay, and the final question.
0: Oh, well, what's the scores first? Well, DK Gil. is certainly. Unless Kiva pulls out the bag now. I'm DK
1: has one. on Kiva's on, three, Shan's on two. Oh, no. DK
0: has one.
2: He's one. Okay, I'll give uh, triple points for this one. Oh!
0: <laughs> exciting!
2: <laughs> You're just raging. I slide you off.
0: Daniel's so raging. Yeah. <laughs> what
2: are you going to do about it? Um, okay, we'll start with Kiva. Uh neglected so soci- oh, can I go? Neglected sociopathic child tries to murder two homeless men.
0: Home alone. Yes.
2: Ah <laughs>
0: she's won it! She stole it from Dan Killen. She's oh. only going to done it, and Dan Killen is got it.
4: And it was so fair as well. Dan
0: Killen isn't a bit. And yet again, Dan Killen fails at Fucking life!
1: <laughs> Can't believe it. Like it's, it's just so unfair. Every single time. Every single time. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, but that's just the way the
0: cookie crumbles and you've made a complete titty yourself. <laughs> 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 and now we'll move on to recommendations.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Is that the next screenplay? Fucking loser Dan over here. Yo, yeah. shit, love. Yo, Your
2: shit.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're a sore loser. I'll give you a. Th-
1: <laughs> fucking sour grapes
2: <laughs> okay and we shall move on to recommendations
1: isn't that what wine is anyway sour grapes probably yeah. Yeah.
2: well alcohol is just
4: like rotten fruit and veg so yeah, yeah.
1: give me some wine I well do you, you
2: know any did make homemade wine
4: yeah
1: I've done it you just leave it in a bathtub or whatever no
2: just no. slur and fog <laughs> 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 oh, oh, much Christmas okay it? Okay, cast that right off eh? <laughs> We shall go with Kiva for a recommendation.
4: All right. So this is like Christmas film recommendations, yes? Okay. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Right. So my Christmas film recommendation is the Ref.
0: Never Ref. seen. It. All
4: right. I think it's 1994. Can I have a fact checker, somebody?
3: Yeah. Michael okay. again um, on that.
4: It's got Kevin Spacey. Someone I don't know, a lot of other people I don't What's know. Give us the plot. Give us the okay. plot right at his 94. Alright, so in the ref, uh, it's. it's set Leary. A, yep, um, he's there. <laughs> uh. It's set at Christmas time, it's a Christmas film, but it's about a, a robber whose robbery has gone wrong. So he ends up abducting a kind of. Well, he just finds some woman alone in a like a kind of quickie mart quickie mart something <laughs> 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 okay whatever walmart i don't know the shop They have ducks at walmart in the shop and uh <laughs> stays a car but prequely <laughs> before this they have just been to therapy and they seem like the most dysfunctional couple in the world and this criminal yeah he's a robber he's should be the baddie, but really you just feel sorry for him the whole film because he has to Is that Spacey plays him. No oh, Spacey plays the husband.
2: Alright Dennis Leary plays him. Of right. this
4: like very yeah. dysfunctional
2: And the woman is Judy Davis. Yeah.
4: Oh. oh Judy. Yep. And um RG. And it's hilarious, it's really but you really feel bad for the guy. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah
1: Dennis Leary had a big run there going as well during that time, you know, uh pretty stand up as well. I do think that Dennis Leary Great actor because he's seen Rescue Me. Shan, you're a fan as well. Massive fan of Rescue yeah, Me. Yeah, and uh, he's a good actor, he's a great entertainer. But in terms of his stand up, I think he stole an awful lot out, out of Bill Hicks. While Dennis Surya himself is a very, very good actor when he's yeah. given a role. He was in Spider Man as
3: well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, the, uh, the new yeah, one. Amazing so. Spider Man, yeah. Yeah.
0: Even when we kind of quick off it, obviously he gets a, a lot of kind of, he would say stereotypical grief first and a lot of Bill Hicks jokes. But he was actually he was a kind of really good comedian in his own right. But taken away from the comedian side of things, what's weird is that I think Dennis Lee was one of those fucking comedians who kind of realized at a later stage that he was comedian which was his fucking kind of first and most interest and then when he kind of got on it he realized you know what I'm actually fucking a pretty good actor too he don't like am the same rescue me you don't spend he's done a lot of projects small he's soldiers small soldiers which is obviously has a score performance but he's <laughs> always been a very very capable actor and I would actually like to see him in a lot more but anyway continue Kevin
4: well it's basically just about Christmas time bickering within families, or in this, uh, what's the word? Context. It, in this context, they seem to be continuously bickering, and he just gets completely fucked off with. So it seems like he really kind of turns into their therapist yeah. throughout the film. But yeah. it rocks. it's, yeah, it it's a, really it's, it's a good watch. I say, yeah. It's, I mean, you don't have to think too hard, and you can enjoy it. The ref.
2: Awesome. Okay, we'll go with my recommendation next. Uh, my recommendation for a Christmas film is Dumb and Dumber. What? Because it's hilarious. Yeah. And well, that's pretty much it, really. You sold me. But also, I like the fact that it is technically a Christmas film because Jim Carrey's name in it is Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas. Christmas. <laughs>
1: Yay! I do have so many problems with this, but I'm so drunk I can't enunciate p- them, so I just leave it <laughs>
2: Yeah. You got problems with me, boy? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm also, don't don't have been a Christmas film, yeah. It well, is. See, uh one we... of the main characters, oh, is Holly a... Hunter, wasn't as good as it gets. So, yeah, that must be a Christmas film as well. Why? Well, Dan, I was just Dan. no think he's talking about a, the. That's not the, a character
4: name. Subverting the meaning of the word Christmas. So it's a name, yeah, it's, as opposed to a holiday. Oh, it's just way
1: better than what I actually thought. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like
2: like a Spider-Man film is a Parker film because it's Peter Parker. This is a Christmas. Well, what, film. What does a Parker film entail, by the way? A film that features someone that's. But Peter Parker's a
1: character in the film? Yeah. So is Lloyd Christmas?
0: Dan, you know what? I would just kind of pipe down because me and Michael have had an executive meeting. If you want to be on this podcast again, you better shut your fucking mouth and like do this fucking recommendation okay?
2: I just realized me and Sham are holding hands there, and <laughs> I don't know when it happened, but I just realized we were holding hands. It for was just so natural. It, it happened crazy.
4: about an hour ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing stuff. I don't know if he's to remember it. he
0: together. he kissing like, and I, like I, I don't know. I, I've been playing with your dick for like two hours. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to was. say
4: anything because like I, I'm videoing it. I'm going
1: <laughs> <was>, K- <laughs> to K- Kiva was just enjoying it. Hey. I was just really uncomfortable.
3: Living vicariously
4: through your penises. Okay,
2: Shan Coyle, your recommendation.
0: My recommendation this week is a Christmas story. It's uh, it's actually kind of massive in America. It's it's almost seen as kind of as festive as a, it's a Wonderful Life or uh, a Christmas vacation, like National Lampoons. Uh, 1982 and what I really like about the film is that it's based around Christmas but it's just told through like I think it's a nine year old or ten year old boys eyes and the whole story is like a slice of life. It's just about him wanting uh, a PB gun. It's about him wanting an air rifle and it's this whole kind of really madly constructed narrative around this but it never goes that far out of the realms of possibility so you just look at it as an eight year old or a nine year old's Christmas the way an eight year old or nine year old would see it. And it's just really nice. It's really heartfelt. The way it's uh, the way it's handled is very, very you would say humanist. And it's just it's it's just very well realized. And it also it's very, very funny. Cool. Christmas.
2: Just as a side note, the chili stuff gets more chillier as you drink it. <laughs> well, yeah, I just <laughs> <laughs> seen you have a spasm. <laughs> yeah. Bad stuff. Uh Daniel Killen.
1: Well no one told me it was a Christmas recommendation So I'm just going to give a recommendation Hope that's alright That Dan you Dan's could watch the, the just, executives.
2: just try and Christmas it up a bit Dan's going to say the seventh
1: sailor. <laughs> S-
4: sing it in the tune of like a
1: There's no chance You know how tongue-deaf I am
4: Alright go,
1: go It's beginning to look Like monsters uh, <laughs> Monsters uh, Probably <laughs> later on It's a phone by Garth Edwards he wrote, directed, and was a director of photography. They handled cast and everything. It's a very weird film because uh, what they did is, is it's on a shoestring budget, and it's the first sort of film that had a proper big CGI. But you know, obviously on a shoestring budget, but it was independently made. It's made it for under five hundred thousand dollars, which is incredible if you actually see the film. Uh, the entire plot is that a photojournalist has to escorts his boss's daughter home from uh, South America to the United States, but. The thing is, though this is years after. There's this infected zone where we're not really told explicitly, but it seems that aliens have landed somewhere around Mexico, and uh, they're just you know there and they're in the way all the time. But it's really really interesting about this film is that they recorded just with two main actors, and a lot of time there's loads of other people on screen, but it's completely like you know they're recording them just as they're going about their business. Anyone else has a line in the film is someone they've just asked. Would you be in my film? would you say this, hit this sort of beat? And it's great. There's not actually a script at all in place. It's just they have to hit certain notions or ideas by the time they go on. Uh, Scoop McNary, who is now a bit of a big name. He's appeared in Argo. Scoop. Uh, and also <laughs> killing himself. I think he's a fantastic young actor.
0: I thought about uh, it's working on Apollos now, no?
1: though. <laughs> uh, Scoop. Scoop, Scoop. <laughs> but it's Ham and his girlfriend, now wife at the time, Whitney Abel. And uh, the chemistry they have on screen, you know, even when they're fighting with each other, the start is very, very good and commendable, and it works he, really, really well. He locked but, yeah. that shit down. Sorry? He locked that shit down. He did lock that shit down, yeah. <laughs> Scoot uh,
4: locked the shit down.
0: <laughs> bring <it> home, <laughs> down. Bring it home, Dan, bring it
2: home. He Just doesn't have I, the
1: Scoots anymore. <laughs> I remember reading about this film, and then it was on in a very local cinema. There was only about 20 seats, and uh, me and a friend went to see it, and it was very, very good. The entire idea as well, that you have this uh, cgi and this monster that looms over the film, but it doesn't actually get seen till later on. I mean, it works very, very well. And also as well, it's, it's, it was this sort of advent, or we hoped at the time this advent, that you would see a lot more CGI using independent films with the sort of advancements in the technology we have, that it hasn't seemed to be the case. But in saying something, Garth Edwards then afterwards went on to do Godzilla. And it's crazy to think that these two films came in line with each other. Monsters made for less than half a million dollars went by a British filmmaker as well off his own behest and then he went on to do Godzilla, which, you know, was a big multi million pound picture. And despite, you know, any flaws people or any problems people might have with Godzilla, which I do have a few, the CGI is absolutely incredible. So it shows that sort of there's a lineage of work out there for people going into direction from maybe different aspects yeah. of filmmaking. Yeah, it, I
2: sorry, I just I made a joke earlier that Godzilla was shite. I actually enjoyed yeah, same his... I, his, I, I, love his c- I I enjoyed his Godzilla but I did have a lot of problems with it as well.
0: I think that Godzilla may be one of the best blockbusters released in the past two years. I really like the fact that, obviously, what Dan was just saying there now, he obviously had this fucking gigantic budget, but he stayed true to what he actually wanted to say story-wise. He did not fucking knock down, like Dam was saying, to any sort of fucking typical blockbuster narrative, and he wanted to actually show characters and keep Godzilla at the arm's length and show him only fleetly because, like you said, it's not about Godzilla. Well, it's about Godzilla's unpacking not Godzilla. But yeah, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. Maybe, but
2: maybe, but maybe. not just, just to go and do the whole kind of budget thing that you're on about as well, Like I, I do think a lot of that budget was spent in making a piece of cardboard look like Tater Johnson, though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> because,
2: you know... Just moving a bit of cardboard, but you know, it's spectacular how much it looks like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Well, but just obviously, that, you know, they well, don't have the technology to make it a moat because, yeah,
0: it's too apparently much money Universal's <laughs> cupboard was, you know, tied up that week. Like, so.
2: Can <laughs> I
1: just say, though, as well, that uh, maybe Monsters really thrives? I think it really does on the relationship that the uh, two lead characters, you know, portray as they go along. Yeah. Maybe it's, it is because they're actually in real life, but I will say that, you know, it was the first time I ever saw Scoot McNary and I was really impressed by him. Yeah. And he's only going on to impress me on other stuff as well. I mean, like, I, I do have problems with Argo, uh, Kill himself. So is one of my favourite films the last 10 years but uh, in each one he is great he's fantastic and that. even
0: recently me and you were watching non-stop which I think is a very underrated thriller mm. with uh, Liam Neeson and he plays a secondary character in that but it serves a great purpose and it's a decent film but he's always putting out those good performances how can you
1: dislike a man called Scoot
0: he's just really? hey I'll do t- for Scoot ok and we'll wrap it up there folks thank
2: you so much for listening and, and of course a very Merry Christmas
3: Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Or your holiday of choice. Okay.
2: <laughs> and we have all prepared the chili from the bottle of the danger bottle. Chili. The bottom of the do- danger bottle. Chili of doom. So we all have a piece to have at the end of the podcast. So if you like it in contact with us, you might not be able to because we might die. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, so you can send your condolences to <laughs> the Let's Talk More Movies podcast on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at TalkMoreMovies or you can email us at More Movies at gmail.com. You can also like, subscribe, give us comments, reviews on iTunes, ACast, and also on Stitcher Radio. Okay, thank you so much for listening and once again have a very merry holiday miss time. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Shankosman Shankall. Yeah.
1: Thank Kellsman Thank Killen.
2: Uh, see you later on. There. Darth Killen. Oh, Alright, <laughs> yeah. May the force be with you.
4: Princess Kiva, sign Princess and
2: Kiva. O. Everybody, eat your chili. Oh, no. Episode 34! baby! Happy oh, Christmas! Thank Jesus. you so much for listening. Goodbye. These series are you serious? That so bad.
1: It's not that bad. Is the
2: bottom portion on top? It's awful. Maybe. Wait, wait until you properly swallow it. Happy
1: Christmas. Give us a
0: spare toothbrush.
2: No, he has a spare
0: toothbrush. Guys, fine. Can somebody phone me an ambulance?
4: <laughs> I should a have took ones. the bottom.
0: You'll feel that coming out tomorrow.
4: <laughs> that's it, I can't even go to Nando's <laughs> normally. <laughs>